Psychologist, and with me, as always, as cynical as usual, Caffeine Rage. On today's show, we're going to be talking about E3 2021. That's going to be the entire show, uh, as well as a little bit of community comment because I reached out and asked for some. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. They're going to be divided into subcategories for the conferences we cover, as well as the community comments stuff. That's that's it. As Hi, well Rage. as the community convent stuff. Very professional. Yes, very pro- I just man, E3 can kiss my ass. <laughs> I'm, no, that, I'm, no, 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 no. Uh, that would actually require to do something. That's true. Very true. I over the years, you can you could if you really wanted to go listen to this podcast from the beginning. I have gotten more and more cynical and fed up as time has gone on. And for a few years now, two or three at least, I've been like, you know, E3 is just kind of dumb. It's fun and exciting, but like just a big old waste of time, really. And this year, I was like, I don't care. I just don't Maybe care. Maybe they had the I, right idea last year. Yeah. I was... I. <laughs> so I, I asked in our Discord, and then I asked on in my tabletop Discord... Um, with my people that I play Vampire the Masquerade with and in Dungeons and Dragons. And we got into a little bit of a back and forth conversation and uh, I'm looking for it so I can read what I said. Here we go. It, it, it's it won't, like we get into this back and forth conversation about E3 and I was like, uh, I responded, honestly, I was really hoping COVID would kill E3. It's just a waste. It always has been, but there's more and more companies um, have been releasing their own versions of the Nintendo Direct. I was hoping that it wouldn't come back. Dot, dot, dot. Disappointed. <laughs> so that's that's how I feel about E3. Um, I wasn't I wasn't joking when I said piss and vinegar uh, on Twitter yesterday, or maybe it was maybe Sunday. I don't know. I did have a few things that I thought were were neat and interesting, and even a couple of moments that made me smile. But for the most part, I was like bored or just bored. rolling your eyes. Yeah, it was fun watching the PC game show with you. But if I was watching that by myself, I would have been forward, bored and forward. skipped through. Yeah. Because I, mean, I didn't get to watch anything in real time because it all happens either when I'm working or whenever I'm doing other stuff on the weekend with my family or, um, you know, pr- projects or like being a dad, you know. So I can't just sit and watch hours and hours of E3 like I could, you know, three, four years ago. Uh, well, let's just put it this way. Uh, one of my notes for the PC gaming show, I have for a good chunk of not, no, uh, it's not all of them, but a good chunk of them, I have like a general note or two. My uh, note for the PC gaming show, uh, watching it with Jared made it a lot more fun, but watching paint dry with a friend uh, is more fun. Not a selling point. <laughs> my tagline for the PC gaming show was, this year we're a shitty B movie. Oh, it was. Uh, I mean, I had I had fun watching it with you and making fun of it, and a couple of genuine laughs because I like stuff like that. I like to. I, I don't know if you rage or anyone listening has has heard of the YouTube channel Red Letter Media. They're they're pretty big and they do a bunch of stuff. But you know, internet 
people miss stuff all the time, you know, have never been made aware of it. So there's a YouTube channel called Red Letter Media where they do lots of media-related things. They review movies. They've got shows where they watch, like, old, crappy VHS tapes. And they have one called Best of the Worst where they watch B-movies, mostly from, like, the 80s and 90s, but you get some other stuff mixed in there. And I'm the sort of person that likes to watch B-movies to make fun of them. I have a good time with that. I was getting very so, best so of the worst Mystery vibes. Science Theater. Yeah, I love Mystery Science Theater. Um, and you know, there's been some other ones that do that. Um, and like, you know, yeah, like, but uh, uh, but Riff Tracks and Cinematic Titanic are the same guys. Yeah, but there's other ones too, like Cinema Sins. It's got a thing that they've done mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, Cinema Sins got and... got old on me because it was pretty much the same jokes over and over and over. CinemaSins does a bunch of stuff outside of just YouTube, and you're right. Their YouTube stuff is the same, like, you know, all the way through. Or, they have or, other things. Or they would have sins that would be, you know, nonsensical. That's kind like, of the point. Yeah. I mean, CinemaSins is just bullshit, and, like, they know it. Like, I listen to, they've got two or three podcasts that they do, mm-hmm. and I listen to to to, to them. Because they actually are really knowledge, knowledgeable movie guys when they sit around and talk about movies. Yeah. But... You know, they, they have done, you know, riff tracks and things like that before. So, you know, there's there's bunches of people that do that stuff, and I like it, you know. So, and I, but, you know, I got very, you know, B-movie, we're doing, you know, riff tracks kind of vibes on the PC gaming show. That was fun. And then I really did like the very ending with, like, the robot. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he shows up, and I, he's, I'm... like, on the face of the mech. That was a genuine laugh. I was so happy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean... Uh, you've seen Birdemic, right? Yeah, I've seen Birdemic. I, I was getting serious Birdemic uh, vibes from the PC gaming show, and that's not a good sign. No, no. And I'm not just talking about the quality of their uh, effects, which, ugh. But also, the acting. Day 9, don't quit your day job. Yeah, no. I was I was so sad that Mika Burton is, is, a, is a dirty Capellan. Do you think she we'll get actually there, knows what that uh, what that is? She I mean, might. Honestly. Mika Burton actually might. She she uh, is a, a huge nerd, a big weeb. She was uh, worked for Rooster Teeth for a long time, for like five or six years. She uh, might cock, actually know what that ink. is. Yeah, cockbite ink. She, I mean, she might have not. She probably didn't get a choice. They probably just gave her the costume. Like even if she knows, you know. But she might. Mika Burton actually might. I don't know. I just have a severe doubt on really anytime someone is excited and sarcasm quotes, and that's one of like my general notes is I did not miss the crapping acting of people pretending to be excited or shocked about the games or projects that they're presenting. Yeah, or, corporate hype bullshit. I'm co- yeah. I'm kind of covering my face. It probably sounds weird. I've got. I have worked in corporate environments my entire life. I've worked like, in marketing for a while, writing uh, marketing copy. And believe me, I know some of the tricks of the trade. And yeah. Yeah. I hate that fake excitement. I used to sit in the, like, the corporate, uh, two or three times a year, like corporate would come down when I worked for, for volunteer uh and and would be like, yeah, one team, one dream. And I'm like, oh my god, kill me now. You don't pay me enough for this. And it's at every organization I've ever worked at, except for a couple of really small places when I was like in high school and in college. Did I didn't have to put up with that stuff. I just, oh, I can't stand it. I'm getting so old and cynical. And yes, the transformation. 
So yeah, Good. I mean, my, to put it into a very straightforward, I guess you could say, official context, E3 really sucked. was boring. It sucked, and it was boring, and there were some highlights here or there. The only quote-unquote conference that I felt was good all the way through was Devolver, and they're just, they're on a whole of they're playing their own sport. They just show up here to, I don't know, I guess because they think it's fun. Okay, so everybody else is playing on, like, a, a, a corporate baseball. Devolver is playing Calvin Ball. <laughs> Yes, I like that. Uh, but, yeah, Devolver is in a league of their own. They're just here for fun. Xbox was pretty close. Yeah, I um, thought Xbox was actually uh, pretty good. Uh, well, I realized that uh, this is probably more for the end uh, of the show, but what the hell. I really think that the toss-up for best conference uh, outside, uh, you know, take a devolver out of it, especially if you haven't been following it all the way through, so, you know, you have no idea what the hell they're doing. Right. Uh, is really a toss-up between if you're a Nintendo fan or if you're a PC or Xbox person. Because Sony has nothing there. Yeah, Sony didn't do anything at all this year. Yeah, and I mean, EA, so, I mean, EA's is, this... doing something, like, this weekend, right? Like, they... I, don't, doing I thought it. their thing was in July. Oh, is it? I... EA... E3 2021. Let's go to the Googles. Uh, oh, shit. You're right. July 22nd. Yeah, I was just double checking because it's just so out there. I, I was like, yeah, I thought all the uh, schedules said EA uh, Play Direct was like July. Okay, I, I was I, I read it wrong. I was thinking it was going to be next week, and June 22nd is next Tuesday. But I just, I, I read the wrong J month. So it's uh, yeah, July. So, so yeah. So EA is not doing anything till next month, thankfully. Uh, Sony has not done anything in E3 in the last couple of years. And the last time they did something, they had a concert that uh, uh, in a tent, and then made you wait fifteen twenty minutes while they moved the entire crowd back inside. Yeah, yeah. I mean that could have uh, yeah. Uh, that that was just a, a complete waste of time. Um, Ubisoft was just uh, shall shall we just start on Ubisoft? Yeah, well, I do want to like kind of agree where where you started with this, like because I don't know if I'll care enough by the end. <laughs> this will kill me by the end. Um, no, Why I, do you think I, I'm I, I do coffee? think I I do think you're right that it's between Xbox and Nintendo for like who is quote unquote the best or the winner or whatever. Yeah. Like if you remove Devolver, which is in a league all its own, they were the only two that I felt like actually did, you know, sort of a normal sort of like here's a conference presentation with interesting things. And Nintendo basically just did a direct and Xbox just basically did one of their usual conferences without the stage presence. And yeah, they were which honestly fine. Uh, I think that actually worked in Xbox's favor. Yeah, I do too. Although I have to say, like in in some some small part of me was like, oh, I don't get to see which way they're gonna bring a car in for the new Forza. Well, I was slightly because it's like you know all the like they've they've lowered one from the ceiling, raised one from the floor, lowered one from the ceiling, driven a Lego car out from backstage. Like, what do you do next? Have a professional pit crew build one on the spot? <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Uh, you just. Uh... There, there's a curtain, and every so often you hear, like, an air rivet gun. 
I've seen that there are there are competitions where that uh, army guys disassemble like period era equipment and put it back together to like try to mimic training exercises. Like the the one that I think I've seen the most is uh, guys tearing down a, a Willis Jeep and then putting it back together and driving it away. It's like they drive it in, they disassemble the whole thing, then they put it all back together and drive it away. And that's pretty neat. They could do that. Yeah, oh no! It, Have it, I just it, saved E3 2022? It, it, no, it, it, don't listen. I'm deleting well, well, this. Well, well, we do. Well, we do know that uh, uh, Forza Motorsport 8 is on the horizon because they did say that they're working on that. Ah, uh, ah, uh, Forza 8's on the horizon. Ah, uh-huh. uh-huh. uh, unintentional, but I'll go with it. Yep. All right. Now that I ruined your segue, let's circle back around and talk about Ubisoft. Yeah. Well, let me just make sure i got some music going because i have a feeling i'm going to do something to keep me awake <laughs> my my tagline for ubisoft boring bullshit from a company that protects sex offenders i was just not interested in almost anything that ubisoft did i made a couple of notes about a couple of the ne- generic bad things rainbow six extraction uh aliens in rainbow six like okay fine but how many other sci-fi first-person shooters are out there that definitely will do it better? <laughs> My note uh, is Rainbow Six Extraction question mark blows raspberries. So, I mean, the, really, the only interesting thing is that it—that's music is loud. Oh, ow! Uh, the only thing that's interesting of it is that it's a Left for Dead like, and then you get an even better one in a later conference. Yeah. <laughs> from the actual people who made Left 4 Dead. Yeah, th- uh, so let's just go ahead and talk. Do you want to do an entire overview of Ubisoft and then dive into the games? I'm only going to talk about the stuff I have on my bullet point list. Okay. My yeah, overview yeah, you, was yeah, that you, it was boring and it sucked. Yeah, I mean, Ubisoft didn't even get a single furry this year. No, they they led with Just Dance. Uh, no, I, no, they didn't lead with Just Dance. Yeah, no, Just they? Dance was like two-thirds of the way through and... I'm sorry, but the uh, the black man with the pink hair does not count as a furry. I mean, he you know he was fun. I'll give him that. But yeah, no, he's not a, a troop of furries dancing on stage to to Queen. No, it's not the same. Yeah, and uh, Adita was so confused. Uh, and during the PC gaming show, remember uh, uh, after it, I had her watch. Uh, I think it was 2016's. Uh, Ubisoft concert, or, or concert, yeah, pr- presentation of Just Dance, and she got into it. <laughs> yeah, because it's great. It's so much fun. They weren't fun this year. That, that's pretty much uh, the tagline for the entire show is, it wasn't fun this year. Yeah. So, I mean, I've got one, two, three, four, five bullet points for uh, Ubisoft, mean, and I already got my first one out of the way with Rainbow Six Extraction. I mean, Ubisoft I was, when I was still doing it, uh, Point by point, so uh, Ubisoft extra- uh, Rainbow Six Extraction uh, makes me uh, kind of miss Dirty Bomb. Uh, I will admit that one because it has that whole post-apocalyptic thing going on slash sci-fi, yeah. but it just didn't interest me. I mean, I realized that it's co-op focused. It's not a PvP that honestly is kind of graded on me. Uh, PvP uh, first-person shooter, mostly because I'm old. I'm fat. My reaction time sucks. <laughs> my my eyesight, eyesight sucks. Absolutely. Uh, and I don't have... Well, okay, I do have the time to know life a game uh, enough to actually get competent at it, but, you know, I, the reaction times just aren't there anymore, so, right? Yeah. But, 
Uh, the fact that it's co-op focused is interesting, especially considering that they're going from uh, this, uh, yeah, Rainbow Six Siege, where it's the same heroes, classes, whatever you want to call it, but it just, uh, yeah, it's going from a PvP environment to a co-op environment, so they're having to change a lot of stuff, so it's going to be odd. And the fact that it's such high risk is interesting, but it really puts me off. Did you catch that one? No. Okay, so here's how I read it, is that each operator, and this is using the Rainbow Six Siege uh, uh, method, uh, uh, where it, your hero classes uh, have a, a, a particular name, and each one is leveled up individually, which is, first of all, fuck that's a treadmill, right? Yep. And second of all, the way I've read it is that if your opponent, if you get downed and uh, get lose a mission, that operator is captured and is locked out until you uh, complete a rescue mission for them, including locking out all the progression that you have on that character. So someone like me that likes to focus on just one or two classes when I'm doing multiplayer or yeah, or team-based stuff, that is horrendous for me <laughs> to begin with. It's just, yeah. ugh. And also, the game just seems so damn sluggish. I know it's probably just because they're playing on a console and having to, you know, uh, do, uh, you know, uh, gamepad controls, but it was <laughs> actually hilarious whenever... There was this big moment in the tr- in the gameplay uh, trailer where, oh no, something behind me! Slowly turn, 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 turn. Yeah, and, and I know that that's epidemic of really most uh, gameplay uh, that you see, but it's just this one seemed like one of the worst ones for that, where they made the game look so sluggish and really dull. When, Dull is how I would describe it, both yeah. in the way that it played. Like, I didn't watch the whole presentation on it. I got bored. But both in how it, they presented it, the art style, how generic everything looks. It's like alien zombies with weird, like, I don't, I don't know, like, pus sack things. Like, whatever. It just looks, it doesn't look interesting or intriguing. It looks as generic as, at first I was confused. I At first, before they, you know, said what it was, I was like, oh, is this like a new um, Division game? Like, is this like an evolution of the disease from the Division or whatever? And it's like, no, it's it's Rainbow Six Aliens. But it's like, all of their uni- all of their stuff is so interchangeable. It's all so generic. I got bored. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really Ubisoft in a, in a nutshell. Uh, their gameplay is often interchangeable uh, outside of just theming, especially for, like, Assassin's Creed up to maybe the most recent one. Yeah. Unless you're really invested on a particular time frame, you can play any of the Assassin's Creed's and there's no real difference outside of some minor uh, uh, side stuff. So, yeah. So, my next bullet point, I'm going to skip some of the ones I have notes for just because, but uh, Rocksmith Plus seemed interesting. Did you watch that at all? I did. Um, I mean, I'm, you know... uh somewhat familiar with the original Rocksmith. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's it's yeah, you know, I do watch Rocksmith. A, yeah, I do watch a couple streamers that do Rocksmith, which is interesting. Uh, I mean, it's basically, you know, teaching you how to play a guitar and with uh, playing with Rocksmith, you know, you're playing along with a song. So, first of all, they're making this a subscription service and adding songs over time. So, 
that kind of puts a nail in the coffin for a lot of streamers because one of the big things for the streaming uh, side of Rocksmith on Twitch is that they found a way to insert custom songs via a couple of the DLCs. So they were able to uh, put out any song, even though there was kind of like a a gentleman's code of, we don't, or at least the sites that I've, uh, that uh, the streamers I use, uh, that has the gentleman's code of, we don't do songs for that there's DLC for. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but that being a subscription service and, and them also having the ability to remaster the song in it. So it's not you know, adding a custom song. It's changing how the fingerings are in the song. So it would be like going from the bass to the lead guitar, for example. Big whoop, right? Yeah. But that's not really what people really like Rocksmith. Uh, there was also no mention of price for the subscription service. Now, the interesting part of this was one thing that they're changing. So, Rocksmith, as it stands right now, it's only on electric guitars, or electric basses, yeah, electric instruments, but also, you have to have a special cable or interface with your computer to play it. They're changing that with this, so that you could use a microphone, so there's no need for additional gear, which is interesting, and they're also putting out an app so that you could uh, just you know download the app off the Google Play Store or iTunes uh, Play Store, and uh, you know, be able to you know, play your guitar just you know, with your phone and play along with Rocksmith. And this is also opens up the uh, the gates for acoustic guitars, which yeah, obviously did not have an option before. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I didn't recognize that, or did, you know, I didn't watch the whole thing, so yeah, didn't I didn't catch that. Very cool. Yeah. I thought I've thought about getting Rocksmith a couple of times to learn how to play, and every time I'm like, no, I know myself. I'll I'll drop off of this almost immediately. Well, it also sounds like uh, they're making a lot wider a range of uh, uh, music available because typically Rocksmith is yeah rock music or no yeah, right. It's had yeah. it's had a very narrow focus. While they highlighted the fact that they're also planning on making a lot more of a broad library. Now, Broad does come with the complication of it needs a lot of music, otherwise it's going to be Broad, but very shallow. Like, there's going to be, like, three country songs, right? Yeah. But it's interesting that they're wanting to take it in this direction. And I do think that this is sustainable if they keep it up. But that's the thing, is that, yeah, Ubisoft has to commit to this. And, yeah, and also the price. No mention of price whatsoever outside of saying it's a, a subscription service. So that is kind of a rub. So what's your next note? Far Cry. Okay, see, uh, mine, I, I have Rise Republic, which is just the crew only for extreme sports and a lot more annoying. Let's just skip over Rainbow Six Siege because who gives a shit? And then Just Dance makes me miss the stage show that they used to do. Zero furries. Zero furries. So, Far Cry, the Far Cry Six, they had a very long yeah, video it, for. Yeah, and it also it, was kind of confusing because they also talked about playing as the villains. Is this a different mode? Is this DLC? Is this a different? I think fall it's they. Game? They were like they. Were, I think it's DLC because they were like get the season pass. Um, the Far Cry Six is new bad guy because that's what Far Cry is. Every Far Cry after Far Cry Three, uh, the new bad guy is Gus Fring from Breaking Bad. 
the actor's name is uh, I, I'm gonna butcher this uh, Giancarlo Esposito uh, but he played Gus Fring in Breaking Bad he's done other things he's an excellent actor um, but I think that's what he's most well known for and I hope that he pulls it off I mean what I saw in the in the trailer or mm-hmm. cutscene or whatever yeah, they showed yeah, looked yeah, good to, it, it didn't really uh, tell me a lot outside of Hey, more Far Cry, right? Yeah. And I do I think mean, it's I'm... funny that the villains DLC or whatever the hell they're doing, they bring in Voss and not even the big bad from Far Cry 3 because nobody gives a fuck about Nobody him. gives a shit about that guy. Everybody cares about Voss. It, it, I think, I mean, there's been like this weird mysticism in Far Cry ever since Far Cry 2. Like they just this sort of like mystical, like maybe there's some kind of god or spirit that it connects these games, and it always seems to be through drugs that you get to him. But you know we're gonna kind of push that under the table and not talk about that. But um, what you, know, you mean the mushroom cave? Yeah, the mushroom cave or the field of drugs in Far Cry Five. Far Cry Four had some too that uh, I'm drawing a blank on what they were because Far Cry Four kind of kind of was panned, but um. It seems like the, like you're you're going to be playing as the villains or seeing certain aspects of the game, the the games, previous games from the villain perspective or something. I'm not sure. It was like kind of trippy and and psychedelic by by nature uh, or by design. I mean, it it looks kind of neat, but also I'm I don't know enough to know if I'm actually really interested because they didn't they they just did like a little tease. You're like, oh, plays the bad guys. By Far Cry Six with the season pass. Oh, it's like no, thank you. I'll just wait. Yeah, those were those uh, yeah, were two. I, yeah, I listed I those just, as two separate bullet points: Far Cry Six and then Far Cry Bad Guys. Yeah, I think I'll just uh, skip it. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, mine was yeah. Uh, they talk about the legacy of Far Cry villains and uh, uh, but show Voss from uh, Far Cry Three, not even the big bad. <laughs> yeah. So. My my next bullet point is is Mario what what I called Mario Rabbits Two Galaxy Boogaloo. <laughs> yeah, the spark but of hope. Yeah, uh, spark uh, of hope. Uh, also known as the spark of hope for the Ubisoft conference. Yeah, uh, that uh, came back in the Nintendo Direct as well. But yeah, uh, which honestly showed pretty much the exact same thing that I think. I mean, it's pretty much just more Mario plus Rabbits, and this is like the one thing in this conference that I would actually play. And I didn't play much of Mario Plus Rabbids, but I played enough to enjoy it. Such a good game. The only Switch game that I've beaten at this point. Yeah, I do need to go back and play it some more. I have the physical version of it. Uh, so it does make it a little bit more of a pain to go back and forth between, because straight. Yeah. Um, uh, they're adding more Rabbid characters. Uh, Rabbid Rosalina was hilarious. Yeah. Just, Rosalina's probably one of my favorite of the quote-unquote princesses. I, I don't actually know Rosalina. She was in Mario Galaxy. If I Super Mario correctly. Galaxy. Yep. Uh, and that's one that I never got to play. Yeah, Galaxy was a lot of fun. Galaxy was the most fun I'd had of the Mario game uh, maybe ever. Like in sort of the Mario mainline games that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Sunshine more than I think most people did. Uh, but Galaxy well, well, has been my the, favorite. Outside the unfortunate aim for the final uh, level, what in Super Mario Sunshine? Corona. It's, I don't. I don't. I don't remember that. <laughs> but okay, fair enough. That was back. That was back in the GameCube days, yeah. like the year two thousand or whatever. I spent twenty years ago. Oh God, help me. 
Yeah, uh, uh, the final ne- uh, the final level is Corona Mountain, and I'm not man. joking. I believe you. And, they didn't know. And, and yes, it is uh, just much of a, a, of a disease because whew, I've seen some playthroughs of uh, Mario Sunshine and uh, even uh, yeah, people that know what they're doing have trouble with that one just because of some of the camera shenanigans. Yeah. But uh, anyways, uh, Mario Rabbids 2 Galaxy Boogaloo. looks. I mean, it looks like fun. I yeah, might it, actually buy that. Yeah, it does look like they're going to more of an action uh, strategy game. Yeah. Uh, Which... With, with, my, and it also looks like... And I, correct me if I'm wrong on this. Uh, they're kind of divorcing themselves away from the grid system. That's so, what it looks like? I didn't see anything that indicated that the grid system was sticking around. But because I, I'm not I, I, sure. When, when I was watching the gameplay, I was uh, thinking... Wait a minute, wasn't the first one uh, on a grid, like uh, XCOM-like? Yep, it was an XCOM light. That's how I heard everyone describe it. So it sounds like they're uh, making it with a lot more freedom of movement, which is good. Yeah, I think that could be good. Uh, Put more of those levels to use. But they didn't really give the details on it. So I got one more bullet point on this one. I do too. What's yours? Avatar, Frontiers of Pandora. Hey, me too. Well, well, there's only one more game on this one, so it has to be. Yeah, uh, my, but you could have had my, something else. My, my first uh, note on this is, so is this going to be as bland as the movie? <laughs> I mean, they gave no details out on this. And Pandora, uh, the I should say movie Pandora, because there was a video game uh, of uh, Avatar, because of course there was. There were two or three different ones. Well, I, I have played... I, I've played two of them. I played the one for uh, the, the Wii and the one for Xbox 360. Uh, they, it's amazing that they were ma- able to make the uh, the graphics so beautiful, but also make the world of Pandora look so bland. And what? The trailer uh, they showed yeah, the trailer or the older showed, game? The trailer that they showed, because uh, Pandora it was basically walking to like a head shop with a, a bl- with a black light. Yeah. Uh, and in the trailer, when they showed the nighttime stuff, it looked like really any other nighttime video game shot. I I really I was getting and you know I I don't know if this is true or not because they didn't show any gameplay. It was just a trailer, but I did get some vibes of the Xbox 360 game, which was just called James Cameron's Avatar: The Game. Mm-hmm. But that was a, a decent third person action game, and it was more it was either a shooter or a brawler, depending on whether or not you played the humans or the the blue people, the Navi. Yeah, the uh, Navi. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and it, uh, it was a pretty Smurfs. good game. I mean, but, it wasn't great, but it was a pretty good game. And yes, Giant Smurfs. So if it's like that, like a solid, like you know, B minus game, like for twenty bucks, you have a good time over a weekend with it. I would be okay with that. I doubt that's what it'll be. They'll probably ruin it by making it overcomplicated or making it boring. Or just uh, another uh, crap. Uh, uh, oh my god! Shitty Assassin's Creed. No, Avatar no, no, game. No, no, I'm expecting open world survival. Mm. Mm. Yep, that's set up for it because the planet's toxic to the humans. Mm-hmm. Everybody got to wear their gas masks or whatever, or be in their oh. mechs until you know uh, their mech gets stabbed and then they you know are able to hold their breath for ten minutes. Yeah. Oh no. But but don't worry, he has scars on his face, so he's a badass. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I want it to be good. I don't, I have no hopes, but I want it to be good. I showed my mom. She was excited because she's like the, 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 the world's biggest avatar fan. 
James well, Cameron's well, avatar. Well, I these say. days that's not too hard. <laughs> yeah, she still like excitedly talks about the sequels sometimes. I'm like, mom. I mean, it looked great in theaters. It's, but it was, you know. Yeah, but it was also it, what 15 years ago. Oh God, yeah. Oh eight, oh nine, something like that. Just right off the top of my head, I'm not gonna look it up. I am. <laughs> uh, oh nine. Yeah. Uh, so I remember. twelve years old. And that's the thing is that, okay, so Avatar two is supposed to be next year, but yeah, computer graphics have evolved a lot in the last decade and some change. Yeah, and let's be honest, and, and welcome to the movie portion of the E three podcast. Hey, Ubisoft didn't talk about their shitty movie uh, details this time around, so we need to talk about them somewhere. Um, the Big selling point on Avatar wasn't the story. Oh no, <laughs> it was the graphics and yeah, this yeah sense of awe that uh, yeah this uh, CGI film was able to produce. Um, graphics have come a long way. Yep, that scale yeah, it, of it's of... going to be it's going to be fourteen years old by the time Avatar two comes out, or I should say, Dancing with Dances with Wolves three. <laughs> there have been much better and even larger scale. CGI movies, you know, pretty much the entire Avengers franchise has out Avatar at Avatar with its amount of of CGI and its competence, you know, in, in the way that it looks. I mean, freaking Endgame, that's crazy, the amount of, of well-done CG battles. Like yeah, it kind of makes you wish that uh, the Star Wars prequels didn't have a redo, huh? Almost. Well, that and, you know, and have George Lucas actually on, you know, like a short leash. Oh, the Star Wars prequels. The the second one, especially, Attack of the Clones. That battle scene on Geonosis looks so bad. <laughs> like, it's very clear, like, ah, oh, yes. CG. A little bit better for Revenge of the Sith. Not, uh, not, not super great, but a little better. You know, it doesn't look like a PS2 cutscene. Yeah, and that's the thing. Oh, our that... Matrix Reloaded, the Burly Brawl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, doesn't look good. I mean, it's still a lot of action, so, you know, I had some of it. Yeah. But, anyways, uh, there's no good segue out of this into Devolver, so... Devolver Digital! Uh, no, no, we're the next... rebooting the conversation. That's right. Oh, good one. Yeah, we'll reboot the conversation. And that's what Devolver Digital did with their showcase this year. They rebooted their uh, yeah, uh, yeah, they, E3 yeah. cinematic universe. Yeah, they, they started off in a conference room, showing uh, clips of the previous uh, ones as a marketing uh, uh, pitch, and they shot it down like, no, we're not doing that. You're an asshole. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I, I love, I mean, I love meta stuff, when it's especially when it's done well. And uh, Devolver definitely has done it well. They've done it well for, for five years in a row now. And I think this was perfect, because like, after last year... Like, how do you keep escalating, you know? Like, that's, they had to reset it somehow, or they had to keep escalating, and they reset. Uh-huh. But then also, in some ways, escalated, and then, like, tied it into, like, real world, because, like, at the very end, it's, like, a COVID yeah. vaccine, like, fever dream. <laughs> yeah, when she just, wakes up, yeah, oh, my phone's not on silent. Carry on. Yeah, I just have no idea where they're going with it next year, and I love it. Because, right? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and they, the big thing this year was attacking, 
uh, subscription gaming, and that made me feel attacked. You know? Yeah. Because we'll get into that uh, when it comes to the Microsoft conference. Uh, hint, hint. So it was Devolver... Oh, now, now I'm blanking on the actual name of it. I'm, uh, I have it. The Devolver Max Pass Plus uh, <laughs> presentation. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, yeah, uh, that was the thing. Uh, I, I didn't. I didn't make any notes for their games. Devolver, the games that they make that I like are really good, uh, but they generally have very niche games that I'm not interested in. Yeah, I have uh, three games that I've highlighted, which I'll talk about, and all of them have just like one note. They, uh, whenever they talk about a game, it's usually just the trailer and uh, maybe talk about it just ever so slightly. Uh, but uh, Devolver, they make very niche games. They make very weird games. But they tend to make very good games. And, you know, I applaud them for that. They usually are pretty good quality. And even if they're not my thing, I can, you know, uh, you know recognize that's a good game. Like, Enter the Gungeon. I'm terrible at it, but I recognize that's a good game. Yeah, agreed. So, the first one I highlighted was Wizard with a Gun, which is essentially Don't Starve. Only in a sci-fi universe with magic. I mean, it has some very strong Don't Starve vibes going on with it. Which is a good thing, because, yeah, we need, you know, games that kind of take an idea like that and run with it. And the survival genre is pretty much down to Don't Starve or, you know, punching a tree. So, something that's able to iterate on Don't Starve, you know. And I did check, it's not the same... uh, uh, developer behind it, so right, it's not clay. Um, another one was inscription. Uh, it's a hand of fate feeling with a more focus on uh, uh, puzzle elements. Uh, I think it's roguelite, but it's a little hard to really tell, uh, just because yeah, uh, it's a short uh, presentation. Right. And now I'm just going to yeah, my also, also autocorrect changed the name of that one. So, yeah, it's a roguelite horror card game. Uh, deck builder. I mean, it's actually rather impressive looking. And I'm not a fan of horror games, so, right? It has a very strong uh, Hand of Fate uh, feel for it, though. And the last one I highlighted was... Uh, Tumble Time, which is their mobile game. Just because they're making fun of mobile games. Uh, you know, I guess it's going to have uh, uh, ads. Yes, it's going to have microtransactions. Deal with it. I mean, at least they're open about it, right? Yeah. And I like every time that they uh, uh, talked about a game, they said, uh, premium purchase. <laughs> because their entire thing was the uh, Max Pass Plus. Uh, and you're, uh, for a free subscription uh, price, you're able to purchase all our games <laughs> uh, individually. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, for a... Uh, yet to be determined uh, uh, subscription fee uh, that I'm sure that you would completely forget about and just leave on. So uh, the last uh, note I have for Devolver is the Devolver Digital Mass Packs Plus Non-Fuck-Withable Tape. Yes, VHS tape that yeah, had the whole... The, the NFT. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> which is essentially a $1,000 donation to charity. Because, uh, no, 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 I'm not joking. Uh, no, no, have... no, I just went, I just went and looked on their website, and the non-fuckwithable tape is marked as sold out. Yeah, they had <laughs> one. They had one, yeah. And somebody bought it, and 
it's uh, sold out and they said all proceeds from the sale of this tape will be donated to the uh, Scratch Foundation. Scratch Foundation is a free online coding community where kids around the world can create their own uh, interactive stories, games, and animations. We support this amazing resource for kids and hope that one day to exploit their hard work, talent, and creativity for our own profit. <laughs> oh, I'd the the at the top of the description too. The lone physical copy of the presentation, gently recorded on a VHS tip with the tab violently torn out of it, so your little brother or sister can't record over it. Before this, it was used to record pornography. <laughs> <laughs> See, they get it in in the uh, like they really get it. And the Xbox One, there's the um, the Outer Worlds two, like their self aware parody yeah. trailer, yeah, which we'll and that there. was cute. And you know, I guess we'll talk about that a little bit more there. But like, no, this is how you do it right. Yeah, if you're gonna self parody and like make jokes at yourself as a way to make people like you more and buy your stuff, go big or go fuck yourself, man. And Devolver Digital will definitely do the first one. Honestly, they're probably doing the second one too. I mean, they actually sell the suits that they were wearing. Uh, those obnoxious purple suits. Yeah. For $500. Are they selling hot dogs? No, they're not. What was up with all the hot dogs? Was that just a bit that I somehow missed the explanation I, I, of? I'm or actually they just not, not sure. I think okay. it's just them choking on wieners. <laughs> nice. I loved watching... Uh, the Nina Struthers character, because I originally I thought that she was like, a, I mean, obviously she's a real person, but like someone who actually worked for Devolver. But she's just an actress who plays the character Nina Struthers. Uh huh. But still, in my mind, she will always be Nina Struthers. But anyways, watching her like eat that chili dog while she's do like talking. Yeah. I was actually like, you know what? This is like, I can't. I'm kind like I'm digging this. I don't know why, but I'm digging it. Oh, it turns out you found a new fetish. I guess so, man. I, I do have oh, to no. admit, uh, their uh, shop, uh, the Devolver Washer T-shirt, it's like them to a T-shirt. <laughs> Printed on a high-quality, next-level, premium, uh, suede unisex shirts, we're bringing uh, back this old-school design from Devolver uh, favorite, uh, Terry Wilfham. <laughs> and it's just Devolver Digital on a washing machine with blood spurting out of it. <laughs> oh... I do. I I would be lying if I said I didn't want one of those suits. I mean, they're sold out, but and, I, I and I they're do also want one. not in your size. No, they're definitely not in super fat man's eyes. But I mean, I mean, they limit it to just very thin suits. I mean, this is probably extra that they made because boy, they messed those up, huh? Yes, they did. Goodbye. I could, I could, I could pre-order a T-shirt. Oh, it comes in my size. Only twenty-five dollars. I'm not going to, but. I kind of want to. Mm-hmm. Although, guy, but yeah, that some of their uh, patches and t- pins are nice too. Uh, I mean, uh, we just kind of have like a love affair with Devolver. One for breaking up the monotony, but also, yeah, self parody, right? Yeah. And, and like I said, Devolver they tend to make <laughs> or publish, I should say, because uh, they are technically not indie developer; they're a publisher for the most part. Uh, they do self. Uh, publish some games um they tend to put out some very good games like uh my friend pedro didn't care for it but i recognized that was pretty good it just wasn't for me carrion i really liked carrion yeah i still need to go back and play that maybe if things work out uh tomorrow i'll be able to uh start downloading shit again 
Hopefully. Maybe. I mean, okay, uh, here's one. This, this, uh, this is like the epitome of uh, a Devolver. Space Plan. Yeah. Because that's kind of like your favorite uh, cl- uh, clicker auto game, right? Yeah, I really like Space Plan. Space Plan, an experimental piece of interaction uh, interaction based on a partly a partly on a total misunderstanding of Stephen Hawking's A Brief History in Time. Space Plan was a great game. Recommend that to anyone. It's like two fifty, three bucks, something like that. Yeah, it's three well ninety nine. It goes on sale for ninety nine cents pretty regularly too. But yeah, they they make a bunch of games. Or publish a bunch of games, mm-hmm. rather. So yeah, Devolver, our favorite of all time. Um, yeah. So let's let's. Uh, I mean, I don't have anything else about Devolver. Are you ready to talk about Xbox plus Bethesda? Yeah, uh, Bethesda successfully glitched into uh, uh, Microsoft this last year, so they're now attached to them permanently. Yes, yes. And Bethesda really didn't do much for the show. Uh, well, uh, well, I've got well, the well, most threat- bullet well, points us, uh, with. Uh, Todd Howard games. <laughs> right. Yeah, which, that's not a good way to, uh, you know, entice me. A Todd Howard game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, my general notes for this is there was a large focus on both next-gen consoles, and all but three games that they covered are coming to Game Pass. Most of them day one. I mean, shit, right? Yeah. My my uh, tagline for, for the Xbox Bethesda thing is, uh, the best showcase for Game Pass. I mean, pretty much. So, uh, so let's uh, talk about the uh, Starfield in the room. Oh. <laughs> so, so I uh, mean, for like for like three seconds, I was like, "Ooh!" and I was like, "Oh, eleven, eleven, twenty-two. So this is just a tease. You're not going to yeah. tell us anything. Wasting my time, Starfield. Yeah, yeah. Get out of well, here." Well, let's just put it this way. One of my notes on uh, towards the end of it. Uh, after they did the trailer and was uh, talking about it, trying to hype me about a Todd Howard game is a bad move. And they showed absolutely no gameplay, as far as I could tell. It was all just in-engine cinematic stuff. So yeah. no idea how it plays or what you're supposed to do. Which is it's probably not, lies. Yeah, not a good sign. My the my impression, and it, you know, this is wild speculation stabbing in the dark, is that they're going to do some big exploration survival type game that's the vibes i got from the teaser and like yeah i got like some real i was gonna say i got some real hardcore like star citizen or maybe even like some no man's sky vibes out of that trailer and like you know if you do it good i'm there for that but yeah but this is a todd howard uh, game todd howard game yeah uh bethesda's bug i mean one of the uh notes i have is so Star Citizen is getting beat to release again. Again. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I didn't have any other notes on it. The trailer looked nice, uh, but, yeah, like, I mean, it's just a teaser trailer yeah. with no real information, so. Yeah, they did highlight that there's going to be mechs of some sort. Because there, there was one. Mechs. Yeah, there was one walking by, and before they announced what it was, it was mechs, a new alien game. <laughs> and the mech climbed into the spaceship, so. Mm-hmm. You get a mech. Yeah. Maybe. Possibly. Or you have to fight the mech. Or you have to make sweet, sweet love to the mech. I mean, I'm there for that. I'm doing that every day anyways. So, uh, I guess we'll see next year's E3 how this uh, shakes out, huh? Man, I hope there's not an E3 next year. (laughs) Surprise, Uh, there's my feelings on E3. Okay. Uh, Thoughts on that one. There's going to be an E3 because, one, the ESA makes too much money. And there's going to be E3 as long as journalists give them 
uh, their information to uh, dox later. To be able to, yeah, to be able to dox later. So, so. there's going to be E3. Yeah. It may be smaller, it may have less focus, but there's going to be E3. If it survived so. COVID, yeah, I think it's here for good. So, uh, Stalker 2? Uh, I didn't put anything down about that because uh, I well, don't they care. Said, well, they said console launch exclusive, so I'm not sure if that's going to be Xbox uh, exclusive for consoles or if it's coming to consoles first and then coming to other platforms, which it's it, – it, that's the annoying thing about marketing speak is that sometimes they go very ambiguous for – yeah. In in the past, stuff that has been quote unquote console exclu- you know Xbox exclusive or whatever has came to Game Pass, and there were a few games that on PC were supposed to be you know, like Epic exclusives that showed up on Game Pass. So yeah, yeah. Uh, now I don't recall if this had Game Pass on it. It might have. I didn't mark for some of these, so it's going to be interesting uh, to see how it go- plays out. But th- they also made it look. A lot more run and gun and able to, uh, more like a generic shooter, which, that's not Starker, that's not what Starker was. Starker was a heavy focus on stealth and uh, uh, tactics. It was uh, very easy to get overrun and uh, taken out. So, a little bit leery of this one. I mean, it had some impressive graphics at least, but it's just, oof. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Just, I, you know, I'm just not like a... Not anything wrong with with Stalker. Like I don't think it's a bad game. It's just not a game that I really, really played before. So, well, I've only played a little bit of it, and there, it's pretty much one of those games that if you play it like your traditional first person shooter, you're in for a bad time. Uh, it's essentially an open world RPG. Think, uh, and this is a terrible analogy, but let's go with it anyway. Uh, like uh, the Fallout games, uh, for uh, Fallout Three and uh, New Vegas and the like, where it's a, a RPG shooter hybrid, only a lot more of an emphasis on survival. So yeah, the the fact that they showed so much gameplay, uh, involving you know just shooting uh, down everything is a little troublesome. I'm hoping that's just you know them trying to make for a, an interesting trailer. Yeah. So. Uh, now we out left for dead, uh, uh, Ubisoft, right? Yep. Back for blood. Uh, I mean, my first one, uh, first note for this is very, uh, left for dead-like in a good way. Oh, it's the developers of left for dead. Yeah, that was my, pretty much my exact thought process was like, oh, this looks a lot like left for dead. Is somebody making a spiritual, like, successor or a sequel? Yeah, the developers. From the developers of left for dead. It's like, ah, yes. Okay. I see. Yeah, so, All right, I'm on board for this. So there's a PvP mode and a four-player co-op, just like Left 4 Dead. Uh, but the one thing that caught, that caught my eye on this was they're really using next-gen, uh, well, hardware, because, or, or I should say modern PC hardware, is that Left 4 Dead, they always had a trouble with just the number of zombies you were dealing with. Even in the hordes, there wasn't a ton of zombies. And this, there was a lot of zombies you had to deal with, just as general stuff and that actually looked somewhat interesting to me because of it it i, I guess left for dead always just felt very empty because of you know just you know uh pc hardware at the time you know you couldn't do you know uh mass hordes of zombies so this is gonna be an interesting one and it is coming to game pass uh 
day one, so that's one we could check out. Maybe do it some sort of game Ooh, night. We should definitely check that out on day one. Well, maybe not exactly on day one, but we should definitely check that out. Day four, then. Day, yeah, day four. There you go. Perfect. I could uh, skip the next one because it was just all right, Game Pass day one, no gameplay shown. Uh, sea of Thieves is getting a Disney crossover. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't put anything down about that. Uh, well, Disney crossover plus story focused content. Yeah, right. Yeah, I just I don't care about Sea of Thieves. <laughs> I don't. I I didn't find uh, it fun. Yeah, well, like, I just well, didn't I really enjoy got, being griefed. Yeah, I got soured on it that one day, huh? Yeah, I mean, it could be a lot of fun if you could not worry about other people being assholes, but you can't. So, mm-hmm. no, thank you. I'd rather not have my time wasted. Or I'd rather waste it on something a lot that I find a lot more enjoyable, so. Yeah, like the Yakuza series? Yeah. Yeah, uh, next uh, entry on mine is Yakuza, entire series coming to Game Pass eventually. Uh, with all the way up, including Life uh, life of uh, 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 Like a Dragon. So, yeah. Which is kind of a soft reboot for the series, so if you don't want to play through six games, uh, Like a Dragon is a good place to pick up as well. So I guess your next one is probably going to be Battlefield. Battlefield 2042, baby. Uh, they did a sci-fi Battlefield at one point. Yeah, ages uh, ago. Uh, yeah. Um... But, you know, I, I like the Battlefield series well enough. Um, I haven't played the most recent couple of entries, Battlefield 1 and the one that was before that. Um, but, you know, I, I like the Battlefield series of shooters. It's a lot of fun. Um, I think the one that, that most people that are, you know, our age or, you know, older talk about the most is Battlefield Bad Company. Um, right, as being like one of the ones with the... <laughs> well, yeah, Battlefield 1942, but like from from like a their, their more modern lineup, Battlefield Bad, Bad Company. Well, more modern. That Bad Company came out in like what the mid 2000s. Oh no, am, am I doing the thing where it's like yeah, one of the more modern ones from 15 years ago? Yeah. Okay. So, Bad uh, uh, so this is a prequel to their previous sci-fi Battlefield from the uh, just from the titles. The previous uh, sci-fi Battlefield is Battlefield 2142, so this one is 2042. So yeah, that, that's what I was thinking, 2042, and it's got like a mech on the cover or something. Yeah, well, they didn't show the mechs in the gameplay, at least that I saw. Well, Battlefield 2142 has, yeah. has a mech on the cover. Yeah, so I'm not sure if it's just too early for mechs. There is a strong uh, focus on like a soft sci-fi. Yeah, it's still guns, but yeah, there's additional stuff like wingsuits and sand tornadoes and right. lasers <laughs> got me some lasers what was the call of duty that did future stuff it, it felt kind of like kind of like that but with yeah. the battlefield spin on it um i mean i, I, I you lose know, track of it looks neat these ones because they're, that's true there's a new one every year um, i'm gonna type i'm gonna i'm gonna type call of duty future warfare into google let's see what it gives me call of duty Future warfare. Oh, it's thinking. Give, give me them. Give me them sweet search results, Google. It's not pulling anything up. I haven't. I haven't lost connection, have I? You can hear me. Huh? What? Yeah. Okay. Let me. Let me refresh. Call of Duty Future Warfare. Here we go. Infinite Warfare is what pulls up when yeah, I type Infinite in Future Warfare. warfare. Uh, well, uh, Call of Duty sci-fi game. Oh, there's also a Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. 
Whatever. Yeah. It, it feels like one of those games, but with sort of the Battlefield spin on it instead. Yeah, where it's a more open uh, experience. Yeah. I mean, it looks neat. I doubt I'll buy it. Mm-hmm. I doubt I'll play it brand new. Yeah, I, mean, I usually yeah, don't. I, mean, th- I think this is one that's not going to be on Game Pass, at least right away. I could be mistaken on that one, though. Yeah. Because, like I said, they only highlighted three games that weren't on Game Pass. Now I'm just double-checking myself. Yeah, there n- nothing pops up whenever it says Game Pass. So, yeah, this is one of the three that isn't coming. So, uh, uh, the Xbox conference is another one that I kind of highlight every game. The uh, next one is 12 Minutes, Console Launch Exclusive, Game Pass, uh, Interactive Thriller, Top Down Perspective. Looked interesting. Uh, yeah, 12 Minutes was shown off in, like, a super quick teaser at 2019's E3. I assume that COVID slowed development on that. Yeah. It yeah, looks yeah, neat, though. Yeah, yeah 2021 is going to be, like, the year that COVID hit the hardest because everything that came out last year were, was going to be, you know, stuff that... Or, or last year into this year is stuff that was, yeah you know, on the uh, last leg of things. Uh, this year going into next year, we're going to see a big slowdown in the ha- first half of the uh, year, I believe. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, next one, I'm actually quite interested in, especially since it's coming to Game Pass, Psychonauts 2! Go right ahead. Uh, I mean, this is... <laughs> uh, uh, I'm actually surprised that you're not more interested in this one, considering it's you know, go, uh, diving into the psyches of people, and uh, having like personality order uh, disorders and mental illness personified as a platform uh, or, or or as a game level i've heard nothing but good things about psychonauts i just have never been interested in it because of its gameplay yeah i will say that uh the gameplay of uh, the first psychonauts uh the first like half of the game is all essentially tutorial levels are very easy and then it suddenly rockets up once you like unlock all the powers. But it has uh, some very interesting concepts on how it shows one of all. First of all, mental disease. Uh, the most famous level being, of course, the milkman conspiracy level, where it's a guy that's kind of schizophrenic and has a serious case of bitch be crazy. And you go into his mind, and it's uh, a bunch of like government agents uh, that are hilariously badly disguised like stereotypical you know guy in suit in uh, glasses but he's in disguise because he's holding a stop sign so he's a construction worker right nice excellent a perfect disguise no one will ever know or uh, uh, one of the early levels is uh you go into the uh, mind of somebody that has a serious uh a serious grasp on their emotions and the entire level is just a cube that kind of morphs as uh, uh you uh, uh progress through the level uh, it's one, essentially a tutorial level but uh you cause a problem in that level that causes the person to lose control and it causes the entire level to slowly get out of uh, its order into more disarray and chaotic uh, you get into uh, another level that's uh, this really free-loving, uh, 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 carefree person. But if you go into like the dark recesses of the level, you know, uh, down this like hidden corridor, you find out yeah you know, some serious shit happened in her uh, childhood, and uh, uh, 
uh, she's essentially locked those memories away and just repressed them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's some very interesting stuff. And hopefully Psychonauts 2, well, first of all, is more polished because uh, the uh, gameplay on the original was very uh, rough. Um, the side quest was essentially just a scavenger hunt. Um, and it can be a little bit clunky at times, particularly the camera. Uh, just the camera just uh, loved to bug out uh, on certain levels. Particularly the last level was infamous for it because there was a couple tricky jumps that were made far more difficult just because the camera would do some wacky shit and would cause your uh, controls to you know, invert uh, mid-jump. But yeah, some very interesting stuff. I'm looking forward to playing that one, especially since it's on Game Pass. And let's see, next up is Fallout 76. Them putting more Fallout on Fallout 76 trying to make it a game. Completely skipped over it. Didn't even bother to watch any of it. I was like, Fallout 76, skip. Yeah, they're essentially trying to make it more of a Fallout game. Putting a free expansion in. Uh, with the story from actual NPCs. Uh, oh, and they're also rehashing the Pit DLC from Fallout 3 uh, next year. Elder Scrolls Online coming to Game Pass. Party Animals. Uh, found the furries from, uh, missing from Ubisoft. Silly fi- uh, <laughs> physics fighting game. Yeah, I thought Party Animals looked cute. Um, but not, eh, probably not a game for me to play. I was like, oh, that looks cute. Mm-hmm. Yay. And then I moved on. Yeah. Hades coming to uh, Game Pass. Somerville looks interesting. Yeah. Uh, Halo Infinite is my next, like, big entry that does have, like, one or two entries on it. Yes. Lolly Cortana. I'm all about that. Yeah, so, uh, Cortana essentially got reset? Question mark? Yeah, I mean, in the Halo canon, if you've been playing, like, if you play the games other than just the mainline Halo series, like, if you play Halo Wars and the Halo, like, top-down twin-stick shootery games, there's some extra stuff in there, and, like, Cortana loses, like, goes crazy, uh, and is threatening to, like, destroy the galaxy, basically, and so Chief is, like, trying to stop her. And that was, like, a huge part of Halo 5, and, yeah, like, she shows up in Halo Wars 2. Yeah, wasn't it sort of like uh, an AI that gets too old gets uh, degraded? Yeah, AIs that get too old um, lose, uh, like, op- like an AI that's not, like, locked down in some way. Like, Cortana is, is, like, a true AI, as opposed to being, like, an AI with limitations restricted to a certain type of task. Um, and they can go... In lore, it's like they can go like five or six years before they basically lose control of themselves. Yeah, and but Cortana, Cortana was is also, way past that point. So also, Cortana was supposed to be special because she was a brain scan of somebody directly. Yeah, that and also she like came in contact with the Forerunner technology and the story, and like that changed her. But eventually, like she's you know she's gone crazy, and so now Chief is trying to track her down. Yeah, now you have Loli Cortana. Yeah, Lolly Cortana, I, which I was, I was like, oh, she looks so cute and innocent, and, and she's like, also I'm, a lot more playful. Yeah, the, I watched the internet blow up at that. Of course, the people, some people were like, oh, Cortana looked better when she was naked, 
And I mean, oh, don't, oh, don't worry. Rule 34 is already taken care of for that, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. But, you know, it's like, yeah, this is the direction they're going with the character. Or a new character that's mm-hmm. kind of like an old... I don't know. But, like, she purposefully looks more childlike and, and more innocent. And, like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, ah, it's anime Cortana. And then I thought about it. I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh she's a lolly now. Yeah, this that's is going, cool. Yeah, the, the fan art's going to get dark. Yeah. Uh, so Even more weird. There's some weird fan stuff and porn stuff out there that exists of Halo. Oh, well, you did, well, you didn't have to worse. you didn't have to limit it to Halo. Well, yes, but since that's specifically what we're talking about. Um I will say that uh, coming to Game Pass and also uh the multiplayer component is going to be free to play that but we already knew that. Uh they have a grappling hook at yep. least in the 0G section that they showed. Where you're, you're going between ships and you're stealing guns from dead people. Yeah, Halo has slowly been adding more and more mobility options over time as a way to like evolve the multiplayer meta or whatever. Mm-hmm. Grappling Hook could be neat. Um, the Sprint and the Jetpack were already like huge in Halo 5. Like There was uh, like a double jump thing and you could like vault over... I think it's what it's called, like when you run and like jump over something. Um, but it was like a move you could do to like slide and pick up speed. Like they've they've integrated all of that stuff pretty well. Although going back to play like you know Halo Two and 3's multiplayer compared to the newer stuff is like whoa, that's very different. But playing the progression over time, it 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 works. They do it well. So you know I, I think they'll probably be able to integrate that in a in in a positive way. Who knows though? I'm not as nowhere near as much into multiplayer as I used to be. Basically, never <laughs> is how much I'm into multiplayer. Yeah, and one, unless it's with friends. Yeah, another one other thing I wanted to highlight is they did say that the console is going to get about 30 FPS, 120 uh, now. So, nice. yes. Finally. Yay. I still don't know what Halo Infinite is. I thought it was supposed to be in an open world, but now it seems like it's more linear. Uh, I don't know. Honestly, uh, I don't care. Yeah, it might be both. But it's it might very be like confusing. The sto- like the story mode is tied into uh, set pieces, but in between it, it's open. Yeah, sort of Far Cry-ish, where, especially the, you know, like Far Cry 3, where, you know, it's an open world until you start a mission, then you're tied to a very specific part of it. That would be pretty cool for Halo, because that would be, quote-unquote, a new thing for Halo. Some of Halo 1 stuff was pretty open, but... You know, you it was like it was it was linear, but they gave you some options with how you could approach a few things. That would be nice to see more of that, because Halo became so much about its set pieces, it did get a lot more narrow over time. Yeah, so we done about Halo. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I don't have anything else to say Uh, about Halo. My next note is for Slime Rancher Two. Yeah, I I, I didn't take notes about like what was like when. I just like put down the stuff that I thought was interesting. Yeah, see, I'm in order. This is the last one that have uh, pretty much notes or at least comments on everything. Uh, Diablo 2 uh, being released on consoles, remastered, uh, and also Game Pass. Uh, Plague Tale Requiem, CGI trailer, no gameplay shown. Uh, a couple of flashes here and there of people looking at things. Very Spielberg. Uh, Far Cry 6, they showed more of uh, in this than they did the Ubisoft conference. And it looked more over the top. Uh, mm-hmm. Fighting Animals Returns. Uh, and also Flying Cars. Yeah, like a car on a paraglider. So, right? Woo! Flying cars. Yeah, about time we got our flying cars. Uh, but Slime Rancher 2 is up next. Uh, uh, it looks just as cute as the uh, uh, previous, but uh, shiny. I'm not sure if there's a lot different, though, since I never played it. Um, 
I think this one's coming to Game Pass as well, so I'll get to play yeah. this one. Well, Slime Rancher 1 is on Game Pass right now. Well, yeah, um, my computer's kind of in pieces. That's true. Slime Rancher 1, I think, could run on a toaster. Uh, uh, I don't want ran... to risk it on this laptop. Fair enough. It ran no problems on my shitty 2011 laptop when I had that, so... But it, anyways... Um, Slime Rancher 2, my note for that is that it looks like Sli- Slime Rancher, but somehow with even more bright and cute colors. Yeah, well, I said shinier, so same thing. Yeah. But, I, you know, I like Slime Rancher 1. I would be would happily play Slime Rancher 2 on Game Pass. Um, okay, so uh, my next one is Shredders. Uh, essentially, uh, Steep only focused solely on snowboards and not nearly as cringy and also coming to Game Pass. So that's another one that we could check out. Yeah, and I look, did not put down a note about that, but it also I would, looked like I had some, it with you. some rather impressive physics uh, on the snow, if I recall correctly. So, yeah, uh, that was kind of the problem with Steep is that uh, they tried to do too many things, but uh, they also tried to force so many microtransactions into things that you know it just uh, you were locked out of so much content. It had. Uh, uh, Shredders, it had kind of, and this is going to date myself, but let's go for it anyway. Like a 1080 snowboarding feel to it. Uh, I love 1080 snowboarding. Uh, it <laughs> it wasn't set to just uh, racing though, but that sort of idea of uh, yeah, uh, uh, laser focus on a particular discipline of uh, yeah, in this case snowboarding. Oh, uh, some trick stuff as well, like 1080 had, but. Also, it looked like it was more focused on racing, I think. It was a little hard to tell. So, let's see. Atomic Heart, super-powered FPS, story-focused, question mark, Game Pass. Yeah. Oh, man, you had you had almost the exact same note I had on that <laughs> one. Atomic Heart, super-powered, first-person shooter with an old lady, question mark, and, or old lady with a golf club, question mark. <laughs> that was, yeah. I mean, it looks neat. And, you know, coming to Game Pass, I'll, I'll check that out. Absolutely, I'll play. I'll, I'll I'll pay for your Game Plus Game Pass subscription to to keep checking out neat and weird oh, stuff oh, like oh, this. Oh, Give oh, it to me, baby. Oh, oh, you're buying me Game Pass. Okay. <laughs> oh, uh, Outer Worlds two. Uh, uh, that's, Did you have anything? That, that's on oh. down. So, okay, we'll keep going. That's my next thing. Uh, so grounded, honey. I shrunk the early access game. Uh, new update for it was shrooms and uh, uh, called the Shroom and Doom update. Pets, mushrooms, and setting. And also spiders and achievements. As in, big fucking spider. Uh, let's see. Among Us, 15 uh, player lobbies, more stuff to do. Uh, coming to Game Pass. Uh, actually, already on Game Pass, but I think PC Game Pass. It's not on there yet. Uh, Illudian Chronicles, JRPG. Uh, has a Octopath Traveler uh, uh, art style, but more fo- uh, action-focused combat system. Uh, it looked kind of uh, more, more modern Final Fantasy. Uh, Ascent, sci-fi, uh, third-person shooter, not much else shown. Age of Empires 4, RTS, a rarity these days. Focus on historical units, question mark, day one game pass. And now we're at Outer Worlds 2. A parody of a trailer, Devolver? Is that you? <laughs> yeah, self horror pa- parody trailer, cute and sassy. The Old wah hat this point, sound. But cute. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked the trailer. We got a comment from our uh, our community about the Outer Worlds two trailer. And, you know, we'll we'll do all that stuff at the end. But 
you know, I, I, I especially get it for people who don't pay as much attention to stuff as we do. Like, oh, wow, that's so funny and original. I mean, it's not. But if you don't, you know, if you're not paying attention, if E3 is your one time to pay attention to, you know, gaming news or whatever, like, absolutely. This makes Outer Worlds 2 stand out among among its peers. Like, you know, Devolver Digital does it better. But if you're not watching that, if you're only watching the, you know, the Xbox conference, for example, like, you're going to see this and be like, oh, that's so edgy and cool. And it, it kind of is. It just isn't as original as, as uh, I think. Yeah, I, d- I don't recall there was a a, a a release date set for this yet. So uh, this is no. uh, still, you know, like they said, very early. They don't even have the uh, hero uh, designed yet. But I do yeah. like uh, the, the fact that they do call out some of the typical trailer stuff. Like, see this alien? Isn't it cool? You're never seeing it again. Yeah. Uh, and I maybe no, I really should finish the first one because I'm on like the home stretch of the game. But yeah, you know, I'm also at the point where I'm probably you know, don't need to finish it, right? Yeah, no. I mean, it's got a fine ending. I, I wound up beating it. It's It's got a fine enough ending. Yeah, I just hope uh, Outer Worlds 2 is a little bit more rounded because it felt very samey, I guess, uh, once you played it for a bit. Yeah. Uh, I would like to see... Uh, uh, you know, this humor continue though. I did. I actually enjoyed the Outer Worlds. It's just uh, ga- gameplay. It felt a little flat to me, and I think it's just the fact that you know it's like okay, this gun has a, a lot better stats. Well, I'll use this one instead. I would have liked to have seen some sort of mixture between the original Borderlands gameplay uh, or gunplay, I should say, with uh, the Outer Worlds writing, where you know you got. Uh, some of the uh, more unique weaponry, right? Mm-hmm. I know that there was one or two for the Outer Worlds, but they were very gimmicky. I would have liked to see them gimmicky but useful, you know? Yeah. So, next up was uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator. Did, yep. Did you write anything? Nope. Yeah, I mean, you know, Microsoft Flight, Flight Simulator stuff. Uh, um, my first note was, if I could patch the game, I'd love to play it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was my feelings about it. I, I mean, I didn't write that down, but that uh, was my feelings. It is it. getting a console release. Uh, yeah. Good luck with that, Xbox yeah. consoles. Well, oh, boy. Well, especially controlling it, unless it's like arcade mode, because there is like three different levels of simulation. You could go full-on simulation, like a simcade and full-on arcade mode. So I think you'd be stuck with either arcade or maybe simcade. I mean, I could see using the full sim mode either in one of two ways. Just having, like, a button. One of the buttons on the controller sort of freezes things so you can look around in the cockpit and interact with stuff. Mm-hmm. Or if they somehow, well, and that... I doubt they'll do this, but if they somehow integrate the Connect, Although there are a couple of flight sticks that work on the Xbox console itself. Uh, I mean, uh, they, could, they or, could do that. Or have some sort of, like, a special chat pad <laughs> with, like, all oh, the, they the could... switches. You could use um, multiple controllers to, to do it, too, because Xbox has got some mode. What's it called? Assist it's got mode. a mode that lets. Yeah, it's got the assist mode where you can use two controllers for one like character or something in games. Maybe you could they could do that and you would use two controllers to control stuff. I don't know. Although the interesting thing was uh, what towards the end of this presentation, which I'm assuming you skipped. Yeah, I skipped the free expansion <laughs> that they're putting out. What's in the expansion? Top Gun. Oh yeah, I missed that. Yeah, that are they, are they working with DCS? Uh, I think so. 
that would yeah okay that sounds pretty uh, cool. I mean the Top Gun movie so right yeah uh, which yeah free expansion you know it's hard to uh, knock them on that one so of course uh, my biggest set of notes because I played the fuck out of the previous entry Redfall uh, I'm joking uh, Forza Horizon Five so let's uh, assemble the car <laughs> or, or, yeah, or, my, my or, do you have, or do you have to download the car oh you have to download it then assemble it then upload it so it's set in mexico and it seems like they're they or at least they didn't mention it so i'm assuming since mexico is more of a tropical climate we're not going to see the seasons return which is a little bit of a disappointment honestly i suspect they're going to do different biomes uh, well, well, they, but they also showed a, a pretty big standstorm going on, so it might be weather-related events instead, like a big thunderstorm or sandstorm, that sort of thing. So it's a yeah. more dynamic map, but it does, but the map doesn't completely change, and it does look yeah. like they, or at least they focused a bit more on the off-road on this. So hopefully, they fixed their fucking off-road modes because the off-road modes in uh, Forza Horizon Four sucked. My uh, my my only note for Forza Horizon Five is that it says Forza Horizon Five in all caps with five exclamation points. I'm very excited for this. Like I was trying to, fi- like, I don't remember if they said in the trailer. I know that they said it was in Mexico after the fact. Like I read something that said that, but in the trailer, I'm watching it going like, okay, this is either Spain or Mexico or somewhere in South America. Like that was my thought watching the trailer, and I got really excited for that. You don't see. Uh, many, if any, at all. Well, they also racing games that feature, you know, anywhere that's that's not, you know, Europe or the United States. Well, well they also highlighted the fact that they're trying to make Mexico as authentic as possible. So at one point, they stop and look at a mural on the wall and talk about how it's uh, from a Mexican artist, and I'm blanking on the name, and I didn't write it down because I'm a terrible uh, white person, terrible cis white male. Uh, but. Uh, they were talking about how they're trying to make Mexico feel more alive uh, than ever before in a Horizon game. Uh, how they're trying to reflect the local culture a lot more. I hope they include some of the Mexican sports and supercar manufacturers. Because there's a few. Like, Mexico's got like five or six, like, you know, they make one, super, like, it's a car company that makes like one supercar or one sports car. And like, that's what they do. You know, these little sort of like, <laughs> I almost said like indie car companies. That's wrong. You know, like you know, developers in a shed or something like building these cars by hand. You know, very much in the way that like TVA used to be run, um, or not TVA, TVR, um, before they were bought out by some Russian company and then went bankrupt. Um, you know, yeah. Uh, and or Lotus, Lotus used to be that way. They're not anymore, but yeah. So see, I'm not a car guy. I, I just like to go vroom. Yeah. Uh, they did I hope, highlight. But yeah, I hope those manufacturers are in the game. That would be super cool. They did highlight it's coming to Game Pass and it's having a global release as well. So it's on Steam. Actually, the page is already up. So that's going to be a nice change of pace, huh? Uh, yeah. And hopefully, you know, it will ha- have proper cross progression. So yeah, you know, it leaves Game Pass for whatever reason. Yeah, you know, you're able to just pick it up on Steam, right? That would uh, be nice. Uh, it does look like they're doing more of a story mode or some sort of uh, segmented story. Because, yeah, they kind of highlighted that one on there. Uh, the Battle Royale mode from 4 Returns. Uh, I honestly never played that one. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, it looks like it's a bit of more of an evolution of it, though. But, yeah, uh, something Battle Royale that's not, you know, trying to be Fortnite. Fine, okay? Not my cup of tea, but fine, okay? Yeah. 
Uh, but they also highlighted something that's interesting. First of all, mini games and uh, seamless uh, uh, mini game ing- integration. So you know, like a a plane flew over, dropping pinatas, and you had to get so many points by running over the pinatas. Very um, uh, shoot, now I'm blanking on uh, uh, like the Dirt series, uh, how they have uh, how they had some of the mini game events, stuff like that. Uh, integrated into the map uh, with, well, they call it seamless multiplayer with a, a social AI, where you're uh, the they have some sort of AI sarcasm quotes, uh, where it could nudge you towards events that it detects that you like. So if you play a lot of like drag races, assuming drag races are in this, which yeah, they were hardly in Forza Horizon Four, so right. It would kind yeah. of nudge you towards those uh, a bit more. But also, they showed that the multiplayer is supposed to be a lot more seamless, which that one's, believe it when I see it, because multiplayer and creating uh, groups in Her- For- Forza Horizon 4, horrendous. It's bugged the out so many times. Yeah, the multiplayer was quote-unquote seamless if you're just, like, hanging out, not doing anything specific, just driving around and doing, like, the Forza-thon events. But the moment you try to do a race, it's like, oh, let's wait, uh, especially, load screens, uh, especially bugging lobbies. out, disconnection. Especially multiplayer yeah. lobbies. Yeah, for sure. They were a, a hot mess. Yeah, and one other thing is that they're having uh, what they call the Events Lab, which is a, a level creator... Uh, Mario Maker-esque stuff, where you're able to have um, more creative control over how your event is built. Which, they have that in, or they released that late in Horizon 4's life, but uh, the problem with this is that they need some sort of content searching tool or curation, because there's so many of those events that are just dull. There, You eventually come up with something that's interesting, Um some of the maze events actually was uh, quite neat. Uh, uh, one of my favorite ones is like this really tight maze uh, built on the drag strip of, uh, in Verizon, Horizon 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're driving a peel. <laughs> and it feels very like that, t- uh, much like that Top Gear episode, just wandering around trying to figure out where you're supposed to go. It's not a long level. And the way that they did the... Uh, at the event, uh, the minimap is useless to you. So it's just, you know, trying to figure out the maze on your own. Which I liked. Uh, they showed uh, some sort of bowling mini game that uh, they were doing. So uh, there's possibility here of a lot of content. And a very long tail on uh, how much gameplay you have. But like I said, for the, for the player-created stuff, it comes down to curation. Improper uh, ones... Uh, sharing and to searching, which I'm assuming uh, they're going to carry on the content creator uh, ID codes from Horizon 4, which will make it a little bit easier, but yeah. So, uh, excited for it, though. I'm looking forward to playing it. Hopefully, the computer runs it, because the game looked pretty damn pretty, huh? Yeah. Especially for an open-world game. So, I only got two more entries on my list, then we get to the PC Gamer Show, where I'm no longer doing uh, bullet points for each thing. I only have one more entry on my Xbox uh, list. Redfall. Single player and multiplayer shooter. Co-op question mark. They didn't give a, com- a ton of info on how it's played or what it is. And then, the fridge. Xbox mini fridge. Th- th- this is something you completely missed. 
I yeah, I didn't. I completely missed it because you said it was or it, like it was after. And the, the list that I had that was like here's the timestamps for all the things didn't include the mini fridge. So and you thought I was you, you thought I was fucking with you, didn't you? I did. I thought that it was like a joke or something. But no, they're really making a mini fridge that looks like the the Xbox the new one, the Xbox cheese grater. Xbox, yeah. Um, which I think is great that they're leaning into the meme a little bit. It's probably going to be like 500 bucks yeah. at the time. When we looked the other day, there were no prices released. Yeah, and people were trying now. to estimate how much it would be. And you get a good sense of the scale on it because whenever they showed the graphic of it opening up, it shows like three tiers of cans in it that definitely not just energy drinks. So yeah, it's not going to be a huge mini fridge. It's going to be yeah, a decent sized one though. Yeah. So, just like a, you know, a decent, decent mini fridge. Um, and I mean, you can get a pretty decent mini fridge for 150 to 200 bucks at like, you know, Lowe's or Home Depot or you know something like that. Um, so I fully mo- expect, looks like they're I'll predicting probably, three. I expect it to probably be double that because, yeah, first of all, Xbox branding and it's going to be a collectible. Yeah, this is saying that still no official word. This this article is from yesterday. Um, there's still no official word from Microsoft on the cost of the Xbox mini fridge. Uh, the, our cost prediction says that it will be anywhere from 200 to $500. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> that's, that's useless. A, that's a hell of a range. That's a big range. I mean, if it was 200 bucks, I might buy an Xbox mini fridge for 200 bucks. I might buy the meme for 200, but if they want 500 bucks for that mini fridge, which I could totally see them wanting 500 bucks, uh, I'm not going to pay that. Uh, especially, I'm I'm just waiting for somebody to put a gaming PC in the Xbox mini fridge. Because you know oh, yeah, it's going to that, happen. That'll definitely happen on some and, type and, and, channel. And it's also going to get overclocked the fuck out of it because it's in a fridge. That so, doesn't work to for cooling. I, I I've know, seen some, <laughs> some videos. Okay. See, I've seen some tech tube videos where they put PCs in like fridges and freezers. And they don't work. Because <laughs> they're, they're not meant to like actively cool yeah, at that rate. Yeah, it's just to hold the temperature. Probably my favorite yeah. gimmick PC is the aquarium, where yeah. they submerge an entire computer in mineral oil. Yep. I've seen those. I like them. It's It would be horrendous to use for a long period of time, but it's also uh, one of those gimmicks that I could see that at like a tech shop. You know? Yeah, absolutely. That would be a great display piece at, at your you know, at your uh, PC shop or PC repair place or something like that. I would I would have one as like a display piece in like my my living room or something. That would be neat. I mean, I'm not going to go through all the effort and expense and the hassle to to do that. I don't even know if I can afford <laughs> afford that <laughs> at this point. But I mean, it you know I would I would display that proudly. Mm-hmm. Uh, LGR actually, uh, uh, have you been keeping up with him? Uh, I haven't watched his stuff in a couple of weeks. I've got him in uh, my backlog of videos okay, to watch. Okay, uh, uh, someone said him at aquarium case from like the early two thousands, and it <laughs> and it, it's uh, it, it was full of spaghetti. It was a pre built PC, and it looked like somebody had been working on it. But yep. the side panel it has an aquarium with plastic fish. Nope. Oh God, my dog. Oof. Yep. It has a, a aquarium that's like an inch and a half, two inches wide, but it's also one of those that if you look at it not directly on, uh, uh, on the side, it yeah, looks a lot deeper just because of the optical illusion. Right. 
that you fill with water, and it has an air pump that blows air through it, and uh, it causes the fish to just uh, yeah swim around in it and has balls in it that uh, also uh, get kicked up. I mean, it wasn't in complete working order. It looked like uh, it had been partly clogged. And because it has an air pump in it, it's horrendously loud before you even put a single fan in that thing. Plus right. all the uh, yeah, vibrations from uh, a cheap uh, pump. I mean, it it was definitely not a daily driver, but it was hilarious. It's very, that's a very cute sounding idea. I saw, I saw a build where that someone, it, they, they used, um, it, like, it, it was an illusion that they created, uh, that made it look like they're, like, it, it was an aquarium with, with actual live fish and stuff, and they made it look like they had built a PC inside of it, but it was just an optical illusion. The PC was, like, in a clear case, um, <laughs> you know, kind of in a separate compartment, but with, like, light refraction off the yeah. the water in the aquarium and everything. It looked like the PC was sitting inside the aquarium. Yeah, let's see if I could get you a good picture. Oh, oh there it is. All right, here's a decent picture of the thing. Let me just copy that, drop it into Discord. This is a, a picture of the thumbnail, but it gets the job done, right? Yeah. Navigating over to you here on Discord. Hopefully that works. May have to click on it because <laughs> that is really cute. I like that. But you can also see the horrendous mess inside of it. But, oh yeah. But, but see how I meant oh, just the optical illusion? It makes it look so much deeper. Yeah, that's super cute. I kind of want one. I'm not going to, but I kind of want one. Yeah, it was from 2003. Uh, but they also uh, sold just the side panel, uh, and you can put your uh, put it on a standard pc case for uh, you know about a hundred bucks back in the day yeah but that should give you an idea of the price a hundred bucks yeah 20 years ago right pc yeah pc modding at its finest um all right but yeah the, the mini fridge was the last note for both of us so that means that we're on to the pc gaming show oh shoot Aww, me now yeah uh for this lava board the vga nvidia my, yeah, my 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 uh my tagline for this is the PC gaming show. It's a shitty B movie. Uh, but my other uh, my other notes are, uh, Steel Devolver's idea for a storyline at E3 in an E3 show only shittier. Yeah, and also watch it with Jared. Uh, well, I think I we already covered this one in the show, but watch it with Jared made it more fun. But watching paint dry uh, with a friend is more fun. Not a selling point. Yeah, good point. Good point. Uh, my, my first note was for like the conferences in general as, or in general was that Mech Warrior 5, a hardcore shelled out for this. And it coincides with the release of their new or first, whatever DLC for Mech yeah, Warrior considering 5. Considering there was such a heavy, fo- okay. So you had the spaceship that looked like a, a video card, but then, great, yeah, but, like then but then one, the, one of the hosts was in a mech all, the entire time for whatever reason. Yep, right. she was in a catapult and like a weird little cockpit amalgamation they created. Gave her a, a hotas, you know, nice touch, wearing a helmet. Uh, yeah, someone you know. someone uh, went on eBay and bought the uh, Steel Battalion uh, controller. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it was alright. If it had been in a better, like, if if it had better acting or a better storyline or, I don't know, or if they did games. something different, it would have been a lot of fun. But it was just kind of like cringy for the most part. But you know, it was it was okay. Then and then, yeah, I I talked about this at the beginning. Uh, Mika Burton though is a dirty Capellan because her like 
uniform or whatever had a Capellan patch on it. Uh, Capellan badge. You know, mm, makes me sad. That's that's just that's a BattleTech meme mm. for anyone listening who's like, what the? Why the hell is he calling Mika Burton a dirty Capellan? That's racist. <laughs> I mean, yes, it's kind of racist, but like Mimi in the BattleTech universe, like everyone hates the Capellans. They suck. <laughs> they're they're. I mean, BattleTech is war crimes o'clock, but the Capellans do the most war crimes of all of the the nations. Also, it's Rim World. <laughs> yeah, kindness is hard. In the BattleTech universe, why why talk things out when you can settle it with nukes? Uh, why talk things out whenever you could steal somebody's kidney, right? Yeah, yeah. Before we get cracking on games, though, I need to step away for just a moment. Okay, sure. A uh, good time to do it, or good enough, right? Yeah, good enough. That's yeah. Gonna fuck it in its mech ass. Okay, so I'm all set, ready to go. <laughs> oh no, we're starting a sen- one sentence prior where I say the word or the phrase "fuck it in its mech ass." Um. Uh. No. So. All right. Uh. So the first one. Uh, no, I have is for humankind. Oh, well, let me get over to my notes. I'm not there. All right. Uh, my first note we already talked about, which was that they Mech Warrior Five basically bought out the. Uh, the whole pretty much pre- which, presentation, which is actually kind of sad, uh, considering the previous years it was you know a lot more uh, laid back talk show esque. So having it like this just, ugh. Uh, and I already hate gamer uh, gamer sarcasm quotes uh, chatter, and uh, Forza Horizon Five had it as well. But having them go back and forth on this, oh, I really hope that yeah. they. Uh, uh, decide to just reboot it next year and it was all a fever dream. That would be nice. Um, but anyways, yeah, carry on. Uh, uh, Humankind is my first game note. I didn't take note of it. Uh, this was because... the, uh, the Civ-like uh, game. Yeah, well, I mean, I was going to say, I didn't take a note of it, but if I would have, I would have said, huh, that looks an awful lot like Civ 6. I mean, pretty much. I mean, even the uh, store page, yeah, it looks very Civ-like, which isn't a bad thing, but uh, they're... Yeah, really trying to hammer home uh, this historical-based game, but you're able to create your own leader and uh, and a pretty deep character creator. So what's the point of having historical-based uh, factions? Yeah, and I mean, that's neat. Like, you know, I, I don't think that's not neat, but... Yeah, I mean, there's a difference between, like, this and Crusader Kings, where Crusader Kings, you're going through a line of succession. So if you create you know, your own character at the very beginning... Where you're only going to be playing them for a couple hours before that gets passed on to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. And sure, you can rename them, but yeah, you're still dealing with historical characters, even if it's an alternate history. This, it's, it sounds like you're creating the leader of your civilization throughout all time. Yeah. And it just is uh, just a head scratcher. And they've really hammered home that they put this uh, uh, actress in uh, in the game because, of course, they did, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, of course. Uh, I mean, it, it looks like a lot of it is very Civ-like, only slightly different. So you have to wait to see just when it comes out how it's different, and if it uh, brings something interesting to the uh, to the uh, market. Because yeah. Uh, now the question is, uh, which Civ game is it going to be ripping off? Is it going to be Five, where it's more 
unit-based uh, cities are a single tile? Is it going to be like Civ Six, where uh, the cities are uh, you know giant sprawls and you have like this big puzzle element uh, trying to build a good city? Like I said, yeah, I suppose time will tell. Um, looking at at the trailer and even looking at it on Steam, like it, there's not really any indication of of which it's going to be. So we shall see. I mean, it, it looks like there's some, you know, there could be some sprawl. But also, like, in Civ Five, like, whenever you built certain things, like, even though they still counted as part yeah, of the or, city tile, yeah, or whenever, they might appear yeah, on or, sort of the outskirts. Yeah, or when the city got to a certain size, it kind of like, spread. Yeah. So, uh, it's hard to tell either way. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, my next note is Gigabash. Uh, I mean, my next note is, is or my... I guess first note is ramen. So, oh wait, no, yeah, no, okay, yeah, I've got ramen and ramens before Gigabash because I had Gigabash on there too. So ramen, uh, basically Splatoon on PC. Uh, sort of the, the thing is like cooking themed. It looks like, mm-hmm. um, but I mean it, it's basically Splatoon on PC. You know, it looks cute. Um, I I like the look and the idea of Splatoon. I, I had just never played it before. Like I didn't know it previously, and I don't own it for Switch. Uh, the Splatoon 2 or remaster or whatever they released on Switch. So, um, you know, I, I could I could be possibly be into this. It would be a good, cute family game to play mm-hmm. for sure. So, ramen. Looks looks neat. Yeah, I mean, I, it looked interesting, but I, I could just see Adita getting very frustrated with it very quickly. So that's yeah. why I kind of didn't really tend to take note of it, because oof, right? Yeah. No, now, that's fair. Now, if they have an online component, then I'd be a little bit more interested in it, but didn't really uh, highlight either way, if I recall correctly. So next up is Gigabash, War of the Monsters, uh, like uh, arena brawler. Yeah, I mean it, it looks neat. Uh, you know, cute slash um, fun. Uh, good art style, definitely. You know, something I could see playing with. You know, again, uh, especially my kid, maybe his friends. I don't think Katie would be into into this but maybe oh, she likes think, to play smash brothers oh so. i think adita would really be into this one uh the fact, especially the fact that it has kind of uh, dynamic arenas or at least they showed off some where like a volcano is going off and you know it slowly lava is overtaking the arena yeah and then there's like destruction level destruction mm-hmm. um and that might be used to change things in some interesting ways other than just being like ah oh, you're destroying the city yeah although she did kind of make fun of how the lava looked but eh yeah. Uh, but it's art style as well. So, yeah. um, my next one is Limnus Gate. Uh, yeah, that was also my yeah, next one. Yeah, or Lemon Gate, as I've been jokingly calling it, because <laughs> uh, uh, this one they didn't show a, a ton of how it plays. They talk, they showed gameplay, but it's a turn-based first-person shooter strategy uh, game. Uh, my note says, why not just throw roguelite into it and be done with it? It, yeah, essentially it's on like a time loop. Like uh, I think they said what twenty five seconds or something like that. Yeah, where and, you have to uh, quote protect your timeline. Uh, there was a, another game, and I'm blanking on it now. I'm gonna go try to find it. Where uh, you had to deal with uh, multiple copies of the team, but it was three on three. This looked like it was just on one v one. This looks so confusing. They did not show this one and, very well at all. Yeah, it looks like that it that players take turns doing a thing, and then you have to counter it. And you've got a certain number of characters and actions uh, that they can take. Leap. That that was it. Yeah, 
But, um, you know, there's a certain number of, like, stuff that you can do within that time period. And basically, whoever comes out on top, when everyone has, quote, unquote, played all of their characters, then that person's the winner. It looks kind of like a neat idea, but also like a hot mess. So, you know, if it's executed in a way that makes sense whenever you're playing it, um, and that it looks cool, I think it'll be a success. Otherwise, it's going to be convoluted and no one will play it. Yeah, uh, I mean, the big problem is trying to... Well, first of all, first-person sh- or shooters in general, uh, this one's third-person, I was looking at Quantum League, sorry, uh, are a very tight rule set. And So once you start throwing really wacky shit into it, you're going to start hitting some problems. And uh, strategy shooters, you know, tactical shooters are a thing, but having this strategy element is odd. Uh, I'm just checking something real quick. I wanted to just see how Quantum League is doing. Ooh, that bad. Uh, so this is from Nimble Giant Entertainment, which is not a big uh, uh, company, but also you know, they have a few games out. Uh, their peak players in the last 30 days, 21, right? Yeah, that's not, not great. Not great I at all. I believe their all-time peak was 355. And if I recall correctly, Quantum uh, League was also shown off in E3 a couple of years ago. Uh, I think on the EA uh, 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 show, if I recall correctly, but I could be mistaken there. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, there is definitely room for weird things in first-person shooters, or shooters in general, I guess I should say. But you, know, you need to ha- have a very concise well-executed sales pitch and they did not do it here it was just felt all over the place and even watching it a couple times i still can't tell you exactly what's going on which is not a good sign sounds neat but i don't predict it will do well i I hope i'm wrong and that it's yeah like the next you know big thing but i somehow doubt it yeah um what's your next one uh next space rebels also known as kerbal space program for crazy people yeah, is that your next one? Yeah. Or okay, cool. Yeah, next Space Rebels. Uh, like you just said, Kerbal Space Program for crazy people. It, at first, I thought it was like a Simple Rockets type of thing. Yeah, I think same. You too. Uh, well, and, Simple Rockets Two is not very simple. They've gone full on simulation. Uh, but but yeah, this is starting out like this is a game where that you play as like a, an enthusiast, like making rockets on YouTube. I think. I yeah, mean, that's in, yeah, there was some that wasn't really shut off very well. Yeah, there was some sort of progression uh, uh, social element going on where uh, you get a uh, budget based off of some sort of views or, or like system. Uh, probably uh, just a loose uh, mission system, to be perfectly honest, with a different wrapper on it. And you start as yeah. building model rockets and you slowly progress up, up, and up and getting bigger budget to build bigger rockets. And some of them are wacky, like you're launching a teddy bear. Yeah. But uh, they showed towards the end of the trailer, show uh, launching full-sized uh, satellites into orbit. Now the question is, you know, just where is the you know, uh, upper end of this? You know, or is that it? it you, know, you get to orbit and that's you know, pretty much it. I mean, it looks impressive and I look forward to trying it out. Yeah, me too. I, I It's, you know, you know, on the Steam page, like they talk about you know, some of the stuff they showed off. And then, like, at the very end, it's like, free play mode to create the Frankensteinian rocket of your dreams. So, well, okay. Well, that's Kerbal. 
Yeah, that is Kerbal. I mean, there's so. definitely room for more Kerbal-like games. And, Absolutely. I, and Kerbal's been out, well, well, 10 years, so it's starting to get to the point where people that really got into gaming because of Kerbal Space Program, I mean, game design, have gotten far enough where they could start publishing out games like this. So I, I predict to see a few more of these in the near future. Yeah. I mean, uh, one of the, one of the, uh, <laughs> uh, the screenshots has a, uh, robotic, uh, robot toy. Then halfway up the, it has a baby doll. And then, uh, on the, uh, last stage, it shows a stuffed bear. <laughs> and it actually has some decent graphics for it too. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. So what's, what's your next one? Um, uh, sorry. I was still looking at the screenshots. Uh, and it does look like there's some sort of full motion video going on with this as well that they didn't really show off in the trailer, or I kind of put off, at, put on to uh, just uh, them, you know, as a presentation. But that's an actual game that's interesting. Uh, my next one's War Tales. I don't know if my next one is before or after yours. So my my next one is Lakeburg Legacies. Uh, Do you have that one further down? Uh, no. Okay, so you you can go ahead and talk about War Tales, and then I'll. Okay, do that. so open world strate- uh, strategic RPG. Uh, think of it sort of Divinity Original Sin's combat system, only with Warband. I mean, it sounds really interesting. Not a lot of info was given. It does seem like it's a more grounded RPG, so no magic, or at least no magical shown. Uh, so having a more hard. Uh, medieval RPG instead of thinking of it as fantasy. But yeah, mm-hmm. it sounded interesting, but not a lot of info was given. But one I want to check out at some point. Okay, you could go. Yeah, so I've got uh, Lakeburg Legacies, which is a village management sim where the, the big focus, like the thing that you as the player do is is play matchmaker between the residents of your village to try to get the most compatible people who can have, you know, good, good children with good traits and then they do all the work to yeah, I completely make your village forgot about grow. That one. Otherwise, I would have it's, grabbed it. Yeah, it's got a really, really beautiful sort of pastel, uh, pastel color palette, like art style. It's everything's got sort of a uh, a pinkish hue to it, which I think if you did that wrong, it could be obnoxious. But it makes everything seem very serene and happy, and I I, I really like that. So. This was this was one that I uh, I passed off to to Lexi. Like, hey, I know you. I know you'll like this game. Yeah, and it's also and she was like, oh well. And it's also I, not right. coming I out until next year, so it's going to be uh, a little bit more well cooked until it comes out. So, yeah, I mean, that's I completely forgot about that one. So I'm going to add that to my wish list now, so I don't forget it. Yeah, very very cute. Uh, so what's what's your next one? My next one is also a city builder, and they showed really no gameplay of it. It was just a teaser. But the Wandering mm-hmm. Village, the ta- uh, the town builder that was on top of a six-legged brontosaurus-like monster. Yeah, so I had the Wandering Village on my list, too. Um, yeah. I mean, Wonder- was... It looked really neat. They showed off almost nothing, you're right. But, man, it looked intriguing. I mean, the the big problem with city builders is they're static. You know, you only have... So much you could do with a plot of land, but have it where, you know, the world is moving around you is a very interesting idea. Uh, Lakeburg uh, Legacies is another one that's kind of taking the idea of a town builder and throwing a wrench into it and t- yeah. taking it into a different place. So this is two; these are two town builders that 
show a lot of promise for two very different reasons. Legberg for the social aspect and uh, the Wandering Village just because you might not have to, or you might uh, break the mold of, you know, setting up in like one particular biome or having like the, uh, you know, uh, three or four square kilometers of uh, medieval Europe that you're having to deal with as a town builder. Instead, you know, you know, your brontosaurus monster might wander you know, north or south. Or there may be some sort of event system that you know, makes it sort of almost roguelite. Yeah. Then they make it look like in the trailer that he's like wandering into a storm uh-huh. of some kind. Yeah. So that would be really, in- yeah, really interesting looking. Um, I hope they do something, you know, su- successful with that concept. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I only have one more. Oh, that was it uh, for on me. My list. So go for it. Okay, yeah, Wandering Village was the last one on my list, but I had one before it. Uh, Tinykin, um, which is basically Pikmin uh, on PC, uh, where you're some kind of, either you're shrunken down or you warp into like a universe, uh, like a parallel universe of some kind where you're tiny and you've got these little, I I don't know, eyeball bug things. Yeah, it has a very... And this is going to sound uh, horrendous, but animated art style, as in you know, cartoon ish. But yeah. uh, but it's only the characters, you the uh, uh, the definitely not Pikmin, and the enemies. But everything else is uh, a little bit more realistic, but still very pastel and you know colorful. Yeah, but I mean, I loved Pikmin uh, for for. See, so, yeah, I, ne- I never really which, got to play. Was it the was it the Wii where Pikmin first came out, or was Game- it GameCube? GameCube. Okay, I know that there was a Pikmin on the Wii, and then there was like a weird multi, weird but cool multiplayer Pikmin game that was on the Wii U with like its pack-in game or whatever. That was cool. Um, but yeah, I really like Pikmin and Tiny Can. I was like, oh, Pikmin, but on PC, I'm in. But it also looks like they're doing more with it than just, you know, like a survival element where, you know, there's this entire world where like uh, you go down to a guitar and it's like a bar. Yeah. So it's yeah, not just very cute. It's not. Uh, I hate to say barren, but yeah, Pikmin was uh, barren with product placement. Yeah, like the Duracell battery, right? Yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, so yeah, but t- Tinykin was uh, the the only other one I had on my list yeah. that we hadn't covered. Uh, so I didn't. Next is is the future game show, and I didn't pick anything from that. I have a few because it was. It, Oh, the, the show itself was terrible. I mean, it had this... Uh, it had two actors in it, but they had no chemistry. And you're, and after you pointed out, yeah, I think you're right. They recorded their uh, parts completely separate with no input from the other. So there was... You know, they acknowledged one another, but they didn't bounce off one another. Yeah, it had um, Nolan North... And I, I can't remember the voice actress who was there. Uh, or no, not in the North. It was Troy Baker. Troy uh-huh. Baker and a, a voice actress who I'm just drawing a blank on her name. Um, and looking it up is on my, my Google foo is weak right now. I'm trying to find her name. Um, but I think she was yeah. in uh, uh, The Last of Us 2. Yeah, I think she played Ellie. Ellie, Last of Us actor voice actor ashley johnson i don't know maybe that i don't i don't know if that was her or not whatever the point is 
point is, is that, yeah, I, I pointed out, like, because I, I didn't have a chance to watch all of it. I thought I was going to, and then some stuff happened at work, and then I sat down to start watching it, and it was, I, I was like, man, they have no chemistry, no interaction, no banter. I think that they record, because they're in two separate locations the entire time, like, and it will cut back and forth between them. And I was like, I think that they filmed their stuff separately, and then the show was edited together. Uh, and edited it's just together boring. Por- uh, poorly. I'm not sure if yeah. it was just the copy I, or, or the stream I watched, but there was, a, especially at the beginning, some horrendous uh, audio sync issues. Uh, I did not notice that. Um I- there, uh, at the very beginning, uh, she was like a full half second off, and uh, towards the end, uh, Adita was out for a while, so when she came home, you know, she caught me watching the tail end of it, and I asked her, and she said, yeah, you know, there's definitely an issue with that, and when she saw it, she couldn't unsee it. Yeah. Nope, that's fair, and I don't... And it just I didn't it, notice it? And it just made it feel uh, very amateur laura bailey i just looked her up i finally found it for sure yeah laura Sorry. bailey i just found it as well i was searching as well uh, uh as, as soon as i realized oh i should just search one of the hosts and yeah that'd probably give me the other one um but yeah it just it made it feel like such an amateur show especially whatever like you said they had no chemistry and honestly they both sucked at it even as a solo presenter they had that very fake enthusiasm hype, woo, right? Yeah. That just was terrible. But the the presentation, when, like I said, I scrubbed through it. It was a combination of rapid fire, we're not going to take any time to really discuss anything, and then really long, boring interviews. And on the rapid fire portions, like I just didn't see any games that really struck my fancy enough to stop and be like, mm, no, yes. I mean, they didn't even and do anything. Like I said, it's possible I missed something. Yeah, they didn't even do Very any, possible. Anything interesting with the interviews, like, uh, yeah, having Gaben break in on one of them, which that was cringy. Oh, yeah, that's that, right. That was cringy as fuck on the uh, PC Gamer one, huh? Yeah, something about Gaben on his yacht uh-huh. and. It pissed some other dude off, and, like, he swore and flipped off the camera, I guess, to, like, try and be all edgy. Uh, So, anyway, yeah, and I even noted, very uh, fast-paced, never really gave a lot of time on any one particular game outside of just a handful. So, uh, uh, I'll I'll just go through what I highlighted, because um, Gatewalkers, uh, Co-op Survival Monster Slayer in a Procedurally Generated Worlds. Uh, with an isometric view, so that might be a good or bad one, though. Uh, it is co-op focused, though, so it could be a very good one for us to play at some point. Uh, I think of it sort of a mixture of like a, a survival game with some don't starve element, or sorry, with some uh, monster hunter elements. But they didn't mm-hmm. really go into just what was going on because yeah, rapid fire in this section, and then they had the virtual show for by the way, which was ugh, right? Yeah. Uh, copied from devolver digital uh-huh. from their thing from last year or yeah. maybe it's 2019 i can't remember last some of year. that stuff sort of runs together okay last year uh but let's see uh timberborn was interesting it was another town builder city builder but it was beavers didn't give really any info otherwise but you know if they could change up things just because they're beavers so right yeah i did i did remember seeing that i was like oh that's cute okay carry moving on well i was just stretching for stuff because right 
Uh, this yeah. next one. Uh, sometimes you run into games that they talk about being inspired by something, but then you look at the game and it's like, you have no idea what the hell you're doing with uh, your inspiration, do you? So, Red Solstice 2. This is I actually have the first one, and I've never gotten around to playing it. Uh, Real-time XCOM, which kind of defeats the entire purpose of being able to sit and have the strategic view and, you know, choices of XCOM, huh? Yeah. Uh, it's real-time with slowdown, like the Bureau. Uh, it's sci-fi on Mars, and has eight-player co-op. Good luck finding eight players, right? Outside of luck, a, a yeah. very big group. Good luck finding eight players to play this period, not just that you can get together with for co-op. I mean... Oof, right? I, mean, I have the original Red Solstice. I think I got it as a game to review I think it, way I think it was back when I did that. I think it was a giveaway at some point as well. Because I know I have it. And, but the thing is that 11 of my friends have it. So I'm, that's pretty strong indication. Either giveaway or is in a bundle somewhere. Fight to survive with up to 8 players in co-op or lead your own squad in single player mode. But here's the thing. Hey, Rage, do you want to play the Red Solstice? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, here's oh. the, but here's the thing is that uh, it's a most, mostly positive, but it has 777 reviews. That's very low for Steam. Yeah. Today's peak, 18 players. Well, hey, you know, Red Solstice won. 18 people still playing it five years that, after that, release. That, or, no, six years after release. That, that's like two full games. Yeah. According to this, there's 11 people playing right now. So I mean, it's you know, I mean, just looking through it, it looks yeah very dated. It looks a lot older than five years, huh? Fuck it, I'm gonna download the Red Solstice right now. I will report on this in a week or two. Install. According to this, I've played it for 78 minutes. I don't remember any Cards. of those minutes. Probably, yeah. Oh, because that's Steve trading trading card. So anytime like an hour or so. Oh shit, two. 2.7 gigabytes. Oh, yeah, this game's old for it to be less than 50,000 terabytes. I'm going to pause. So we're not downloading that right now, but I'm just going to queue it up. Okay, now here is one that I'm actually really interested in. Uh, it's called Lake, which is a terrible title. That's going to just fall through the cracks. So. Isn't isn't this the Postal Worker yeah, game that we got worker. on Discovery Queue yeah. last week? <laughs> yeah. Very, I mean, it's cute. It's it, they've played it off as like a slice of life, uh, postal worker delivery game, uh, with uh, social aspects as well. So it's you're not just on the job, but it's also yeah, all, your time off on the couple of weeks that during game time. It, it, it's actually uh, the trailer on it look, made it look quite promising. Now the question is, yeah, just what happens because. They have one of the highlights, at least on the Steam page. Determined, uh, determine your own story with there are no right or wrong answers or endings. Simply what you want to happen. So, right? But experience two weeks of branching story. Right? Yeah. Very cute. Uh, 1980s mail delivery lady. I mean, 1980s, sitting in that period is also an interesting choice. You know, modern enough that, you know, it's familiar to uh, us uh, older millennials, but, right? Yeah, but old enough that younger people would be like, oh, that's so foreign. They didn't have mm-hmm. smartphones. Yeah. Uh, Had to get around with a map. Yeah, I definitely look forward to checking this one out eventually. Assuming it's not you know, horrendously expensive because no indication on price. Yeah. 
What else you got? Uh, Two Point Campus. This was the first time this popped up in E3. Yep, yep. I remember seeing that. I didn't really pay too much attention to Two Point uh, Hospital. I'm, I'm, I remember you played it and yeah. talked about it, and I was like, yeah, it doesn't sound like something I'd be I into. I mean, it really depends on how they go with this, because the problem with Two Point Hospital is, one, it they've gone uh, full paradox with DLC for it. <laughs> you know, there's something like 15 uh, DLC packs for it now. Uh, so it's Two Point Hospital, but a college campus. But they do highlight that, uh, unlike uh, Two Point Hospital, you're dealing with your residents a lot longer, which could make it for some more social interaction between the different people. But then they go full on with the pun. So, yeah, you know, there's Night School, where you're training Knights of the Realm. <laughs> and, it just, and it just makes it look very messy. You know how uh, Two Point Hospital has, uh, you know, such d- different characters. Yeah. Well, imagine that only they're all in a room together uh, watching a lecture, right? It's kind of that dissonance, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, if they, which I suppose could work, but also maybe not. I mean, if they, uh, it just made everything feel very scattershot, and it also makes me worry a little bit about what they're going to do with DLC. And if they make it less detail-oriented and more of a meta game, where you have to spend so much time either uh, detailing one room and then copying and pasting that over and over again, or going through and upgrading individual rooms, it just was very tedious, and that's what really turned me off from it. So, yeah, that is... uh, uh, It's a wait-and-see right now. I want to like it, but at the same time, I'm very leery of it. Oh, and by the way, I, I I clicked off of it, but Lake is from the same developer or publisher as uh, Turmoil, so that's very different. Oh, that is extremely different. I mean, you know, not that you, they can't make different games, but uh, it's the same developer from Turmoil Lines. So yeah, very cool. Um, and my last one on this is Conway: The Disappear- the Disappearance at Della View. I'm going to send you the Steam page of this one because I think this one you might either overlooked or it just it was at the very very end of the show where you're it's a detective game set in 1950s England with this haggard old detective that is also crippled so that could interesting play some interesting uh, implications uh, into the gameplay uh, here I'll send it to you on Discord so you can take a look see at it call my disappearance it. Dolly of you. Ooh, I wonder if this is connect. Is this? I bet. I hope this is inspired by the Black Dahlia murders. Uh, I'm not sure. It might be because the time frame, right? Detective thriller crime drama. Yeah, and, and the Do- Black Dahlia murders were like in the 1940s, right? So, so it might be if this is like in the 1950s. It. Yeah, but it's also an observational uh, detective game. So, you know, some uh, like rear window stuff where you're sitting and watching. Uh, stuff play out and then trying to figure out what happened. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I'm. Uh, this is really uh, uh, my jam, and similar to games you played, Sherlock Holmes, right? Yeah, supposed to be autumn of this year too. So, and that's uh, the last one I had highlighted. Okay, uh, I mean, at least I got some good picks. Uh, at least I think I did. Uh, and it's also nice that they highlighted kind of lesser known indie titles. That weren't affiliated with the other big shows because even though it was very quick to go through stuff, 
Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. And I think that might be one I want to check out next year, but hopefully they have better hosts. Come on, I'm sure that there's more talent there. Use it. <laughs> right. Uh, and we're up to our last one, uh, which is actually uh, one we haven't covered too often. The Nintendo Direct. Usually, yeah, usually well, it's in a, previous years, yeah. neither of us had any way to enjoy any of the Nintendo stuff anyways. Yeah, we both got Switches now. Yeah, and it's also always been like an odd spot. So the Nintendo Direct was actually earlier the day of recording. So it was actually in like just the perfect spot for us to be able to watch it and uh, be able to digest it without having to worry about too much time frame. Because uh, last year, I think, or year before, I should say, it was like right before recording, like an hour or two. Yeah. So the, they focused on soon to be released software. So suck it, people expecting the Switch Pro, right? Or whatever yeah. horrendous name they were giving it this time around. Uh, and Switch has been out for five years. They like said that at the very beginning. Yeah. Which I was like, ah, oh, huh? Yep. There's another reminder of how 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 quickly time passes now. Thank you. Well, also with COVID, right? Uh, first one yeah. I highlighted was Life is Strange Remastered and Life is Strange hey, True Colors. Hey, me too. I mean, it's ported me onto too. the system this year uh, uh, with uh, Life is Strange coming out in a couple months. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Life is Strange was kind of like one of our darlings of Game uh, of Game Club that year. So I still sometimes think about, listen to the soundtrack from Life is Strange mm-hmm. and think about my time with that game. That I mean, Life is Strange is a oh, true. Sorry, my kid. <laughs> oh, you're good. Life is Strange is like to me like a true, like masterpiece, and in, in terms of like you know game design done well, just mwah, so many good memories. Yeah, I do see uh, why some people might not like it, just because you know it can be a little cringy. But anybody that's been around teenage girls, right? Yeah, uh, especially a rather dorky one. Now, I haven't played True Colors, so, but right. Well, True Colors isn't out yet. It comes out later this year. Uh, see, I, um, and it's kind of it's a little bit of a continuation, I think, of the first Life is Strange. Um, but it's got a, a new like main protagonist who also has a superpower. Um, it's kind of interesting I'm going to look at it on the Steam. Uh, or, store. or is the other one already on Life uh, or Life is Strange Two on Switch? I'm actually not sure. I'm not sure either. Um, but yeah, so her superpower is the ability to absorb people's emotions. Uh, so she's like an actual empath. Sometimes people talk about that. Uh, it's like, no, you're just experiencing empathy. You're not actually empathic. You just, you're, you're having human empathy, but she is actually empathic. So that would be interesting. I'm looking forward to it because like, I really hope that that touches on some interesting emotionality and like my therapist brain mm-hmm. can really get in there and like chew, you know chew away at it yeah it looks like life is strange 2 is not on it or at least on the game on the e-store which is weird i wonder if it's just because of uh themes in the game yeah because the it gives you can be very weird when it comes to that yeah and, for sure so it could just be that uh, but uh anyways and yeah that was i'm not sure if Life is Strange needed to be remastered because it is a very pretty game uh, beside the point, but yeah, it might just need to be redone because of the Switch, right? Yeah, possibly. Tighten it up a little bit, because Life is Strange did have some... You know, it looked fine, but it did have some occasional weird little like graphic hitches and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
I think just because of, of you know, at the time. Oh, okay. So it's also Life is Strange Remastered and uh, Before the Storm. So it's a two for... Uh, it's I, I kept seeing three Life is Strange games uh, coming to Switch, but it didn't... Uh, I, I was looking for Life is Strange 2, but it's actually uh, Before the Storm uh, as part of it. So they, they didn't really highlight that one, huh? No, they did not. That's okay. I'm looking though. at it on the e-store. So there is that... <laughs> I, I, it has to be some of the themes in uh, Life is Strange 2. I still need to go back and... or No, it does show available on Switch, so maybe it's just a physical release and it's not e-store for whatever reason. Because Nintendo's weird. Uh-huh. And kind of a dick at times. Yep. Big dick. Big dick... Well, no, big dick energy is a lot of times used as a good thing. And it's not... They're not being good... Okay, so my next one is Metroid, if you have one uh, that you'd rather talk about. No, my next one is also Metroid. Yeah, the first 2D Metroid in 19 years? Yeah. I mean, it... Uh, it Metroid Dread, yeah, right? Yeah, which they also called Metroid 5, which, yeah, works, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Kind of a return to form, but it also seems to be a little bit more horror-thriller-focused than uh, what I remember Metroid, at least. Uh, it could just be, you know, a little bit of evolution on it as well. It's still a bit early on it, though. Uh, they are releasing more Amiibo, so you got that going for you, which is nice. Woo! <laughs> more Amiibos! Or you could just buy the NFSC thing we talked about last week. <laughs> I mean, there's not a ton to talk about this, because, you know, it's very early on it, still. Yeah. Metroid Dread. What did I say? Dead? Uh... Yeah, I think that's just your vocal cords. Maybe. But yeah, Met- Metroid Dread. Um, there, I didn't really put down like any notes about this, just like Dragon Ball Z. Neat. Yeah, isn't that a remaster of a PC game? Uh, Which one? Kakarot? Yeah. I think Kakarot came out on PC last year, or maybe two years ago. Uh, it's the one that's op- open world, like, right? Yeah. I don't know, open I got Steam world, pulled up here. Able to... Go off and do uh, side quests. Yeah, it came out uh, January 16th, 2020. Yeah, so I didn't really make note of it because I figured a yeah, port of a game I don't care too much for. Although it does cover, what was it, four eras of storyline. Yeah. But the thing, that, that, that's kind of the thing, that this problem with the these, is that if you're a fan of Dragon Ball Z, you know pretty much what's going to happen in these storylines. It's just going to be the side stuff and you know, fighting, right? Yeah. And how many fucking times are they going to do the Cell games, right? All of them. All of the times. <laughs> Every time. The Cell games brought to um, you by Heat Tab. Yeah. So uh, I've got uh, some Mario star- stuff next. Kind of Mario Party Superstars <laughs> and Mario Golf <laughs> uh, Super uh, Rush. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I went over to the Steam page for uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Uh, and, you know, they're highlighting the different versions because, of course, there's different versions. Uh, and my mind... It, uh, it looked like uh, Goku was riding a tampon there for a moment. <laughs> a- anyway, uh, go ahead. Yeah, so I mean, I- I'm kind of lumping these together like they were two separate like bits that sort of flew by. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mario Mario Golf Superstars and Mario Party, or sorry, Mario Party Superstars and Mario Golf Super Rush. I mean, I love Mario Golf. Um, yeah, see, I you know, love played... Mario Gar- Golf on the Game Boy when it had an RPG yeah. element. Well, yeah. it does seem like they're doing some sort of RPG progression on Miis, but eh, not what I was wanting. 
Yeah. And then Mario Party Superstars. I'm just, I'm a big fan of Mario Party. And um, them being like, oh, yes, we've got five classic levels from the N64 games. I'm like, all right. I like that better than the newer stuff that they've done with Mario Party. So uh, just, you know, happy for, for both of those things as long as they turn out to be good. Uh, could be excellent family games for uh, for the fam. My kid loves uh, Mario Party. Mm-hmm. So like to be able to show him some of the older ones that are uh, yeah, that's I, been I think kind better. of brushed up. And didn't they uh, say for Mario Golf that they're going to put out a lot of free content as well? Yeah, they did. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, so my next one is WarioWare. Get it together. I, I got a, kind of like this morbid fascination with WarioWare. I never play them for long, and usually play them via emulation. Uh, but they're fascinating to me. WarioWare is basically a wrapper for a bunch of micro games. You know, three to five second uh, weird mini games. Uh, stuff like, uh, you know, unrolling toilet paper or. Pl- or uh, sticking somebody's finger up their nose just odd wacky stuff and i'm actually a little surprised that we haven't seen a warrior wear game for the switch for five years because yeah warrior wear i went back and looked uh, on the wii was very early in the console's lifespan and it was used as kind of a gateway on top of uh, wii sports to really show off what the controllers could do so you would think that, you know, this would complement 1-2-Switch, right? Yeah, you would think. I just don't, I don't think WarioWare was, like, super popular. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, it's actually I feel a, like that's probably why they've held it, off. It's actually a bit, it has a fan base to it that's a bit bigger than I think you would uh, suspect. Possibly. Um, uh, it does look like they're swapping things up a little bit on some of the minigames. Uh, you're able to control a character in them to interact with them. Uh, instead of like controlling, uh, usually the mini games or, or micro games, sorry, or yeah, you know, like one button affairs or you know some sort of like motion or uh, flicking the uh, thumbstick. This time, uh, different characters uh, 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 interact with the games uh, different ways. Like Wario might treat it like a platformer, while another one has a sh- uh, a shooter element, that sort of thing. It, it was interesting. And uh, the problem is, yeah, WarioWare is usually a first, uh, yeah, first priority uh, pricing on it, so that is a little bit of a detriment, huh? Yeah. Okay. So uh, I think I know what's see. up next for you. My next one is Advanced Wars Remastered. Uh, one plus um, two. One plus two. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the Advanced Wars series of games uh, for Game Boy. I don't know if they ever had any spinoffs that weren't on the Game Boy, but they had two on the Game Boy Advanced, and then I believe two on the DS. Um, And I've played three of the four games. There's one that was, like, super-duper rare that I, like, to buy a copy several years ago was, like, a hundred bucks. And I didn't have a hundred bucks at the time to to buy Advance Wars, and I don't know what they cost now. Emulation. Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, at this point, for sure. But, uh, you know, seeing them remastered, the the super cute new art style, I'm all about that. Um, the cute little sound effects that they've added. Uh, and, like, I've bought several games over the years to try and, like, get that Advanced Wars, like, simple but, but intricate and in-depth gameplay. Um, and have never found a game 
uh, that, that quite matched it. I think Advance Wars 2 was the best one in the whole series. Advance Wars 1, a lot of fun. Advance Wars 2 kind of turned all of that up to 11, and then they had different names, but Advance Wars 3 and 4 went Italian in some weird Wars. ways with the series. <laughs> yes, Italian Wars. Um, yeah, I'm looking like at... Like, one of them is, like, post-apocalyptic. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at the... Well, uh, they call it the Wars series, because, right? Uh, Famicom yeah. Wars, video game... Or, oh, sorry. Uh, game Boy Wars, Game Boy Wars Turbo, Super Famicom Wars... Game Boy Wars 2, 3, Advance Wars 1 and 2. So there's Okay, so there's more of them than I realized. Yeah, it's actually cool. part of a bigger series, but a lot of them were only released in Japan. Only up to Advanced Wars that you started seeing them in the West. Then it's Advanced Wars, Advanced Wars 2, Advanced Wars Dual Strike, Battalion Wars, Battalion Wars 2, Advanced Wars Days of Ruin. That's probably the one you were talking about. Yeah, the one that's like post-apocalyptic. And now... Uh, Advance Wars 1 Plus 2 Reboot Camp. I guess I'm definitely going uh, Raising the Jolly Roger and, and riding the SS emulation. Because yeah. I, I didn't realize the series is that large. I want to play some of those other ones. Yeah, Battalion Wars There's probably was, some English translations. Yeah, Battalion Wars is on GameCube. Battalion Wars 2 is on the Wii. Uh, Advance Wars Days of Ruin is DS. That's probably the one you're thinking of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, the Switch game that's coming out. But this is the uh, the last uh, Wars game was 2008. Yeah, the series has been dormant, uh, dead or dormant for a long time. I, I hope that they're going to start making new games. I mean, the remasters are nice. Um, it's good to see that they did a little bit more with them than just like slap them, you know, on a disc to ship out the old, you know, slap the old games on a disc to ship out. Um, I hope that they bring the series back with some new. New stuff. Yeah, it looks I'll be like down for that. There is some, or at least for Game Boy Wars. If you search for an English patch, you can find it. So, uh, so yeah, there you go. Yeah, There's the Jolly Roger. Indeed. And then, of course, well, uh, there's one more that pretty much everybody's going to talk about. So let's go for it. Breath of the Wild Two, right? Yeah, Breath of the Wild Two. I mean, it, it's uh, pretty, electric boogaloo. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much. Uh, taking the original game and turning it up to, well, I guess 12 now. Uh, I gotta admit that a lot of it, it was kind of hard for me to tell what was new and what was not, because it's been a while since I played Breath of the Wild and I haven't beat it yet. I kind of fell off of it and did other things. Uh, they are putting a more vertical element into it, so I guess Skyward Sword was a little bit of a, uh, yeah, on the nose for uh, the uh, remaster, huh? Where you more take to the sky, <coughs> although didn't really talk about, or show much about what was going on outside of just you know paragliding and uh, uh and well uh parachuting down. So I mean, it's uh, I mean if you're a fan of Breath of the Wild, it's more Breath of the Wild essentially. Uh, same map with some differences. It looks like how your castle is floating now, and there's more to do in the air, and so I mean it's really hard to. Be angry with it, right? It does seem like yeah. it's uh, taking quite a while, though, because, right? I imagine COVID had a big impact on, if not the scale of the game, definitely the time frame it's taken to develop it, because, oof, right? Yeah, China, or China, God. Japan has a very, although uh, maybe China too, I don't know. Japan has a very in-office, like, office-centric you know, culture, and for COVID, 
obviously you couldn't do that. So I, I imagine that had a pretty big impact, even more so than than impact in other other studios in other countries. Because uh-huh. I, you know, from what I've heard on like podcasts I listen to and news articles that I read, by like mid twenty twenty, everyone or most major developers were like, "All right, everybody's at home now, working from home." And that certainly would present its own problems. I'm not like, you know, trying to say that that means everything was fine, but Japan really struggled to, uh, to make that happen. At least from, from what I've read in the news and stuff. Yeah. Which, so anyways, uh, which, yes. it, you know, it's just the culture. And I guess we need to address also, since we're talking Zelda, how the had, game and watch. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the big, uh, anniversary, uh, reveal for, uh, yeah, one of Nintendo's flagship, uh, series, I mean, I would say probably the only bigger one would be Mario itself, right? It's, yeah, I, would th- I think so. Uh, a new game and watch, <laughs> right? Yep. Which my my response to that and my response continues to be, huh, neat. Yeah, but that's it. Yeah, but like, also, you know, uh, like I said, you know, it doesn't feel like a celebratory item. It feels like you know something that would have been like part of a series that they would do. Beside the fact, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, and yeah. this has four games on it: a, a remaster of uh, one of the original Game and Watch games, which honestly, outside of like people wanting to play them as part of like WarioWare, is anybody really going out of their way for them these days? Right? Yeah. Um, it has a Zelda one and two, and uh, the first Game Boy game. Uh, uh, Link's Awakening. Mind you, it's Link's Awakening, not the DX version, which is weird. Because pretty much everywhere I've seen people uh, comment that uh, Link's Awakening DX is by far the superior version because one, more content. Two, they uh, fixed some of the issues with the original Link's Awakening release. It's just, I've realized, they're trying to uh, have this continuation of Stuff going on, which I believe Link's Awakening is tied directly into the Legend of Zelda and uh, Legend of Zelda Two: Link's uh, uh, the Adventure of Link. But right, it's just uh, yeah, it just feels like an odd choice to not have the superior version, especially whenever you have a color uh, uh, screen. So having the you know puke green <laughs> Legend of Zelda, right? I'm looking at the uh, uh, actual page for it and they showed the title screens and it's the yeah uh hardcore uh, game boy emulation uh puke green uh, slightly less puke green and black i think this is just a, a classic example of nintendo being nintendo yeah. and doing like weird nintendo stuff i mean i don't think that that like gives them like a free pass like although i don't necessarily think that this is like something bad they did worse things today yeah, like blocking uh, people from restreaming their direct to uh, be able to talk about it on Twitch, right? Yep, exactly like that. But this does feel like a very Nintendo thing of like, look, we did this. It's great, right? And everyone's like, ah, I mean, it's neat. I'm like, yeah, that's right. It's neat. It's perfect. It's like, no, we didn't say that. Nintendo's like, yes, you did. And they just move on. They well, it's more they highlighted this is all they're doing and they're not doing anything else, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do like some of the comments on Reddit. We want a Zelda's uh, Zelda collection uh, for the series uh, for the 35th anniversary. 
monkey paul's uh, finger curls up <laughs> <laughs> i mean i guess technically it's a game collection right yeah Te- technically just about the scalpers go, for paw. this right oh god i don't even want to think about it because didn't the uh first game and watch uh re-release with uh yeah the couple mario games have a severe issue with uh uh scalpers and of course nintendo yes yeah, not putting out nearly as many uh, to meet demand. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo uh, yes. being Nintendo. Everything that Nintendo makes goes that way. Especially Amiibos. Uh, so that is the end of the Nintendo Direct and the end of coverage. I didn't bother watching the awards because, right? Yeah, don't give a shit. Uh, so who won E3? I, I, I vote Devolver did, otherwise nobody did. Yeah, Devolver. Devolver or Game Pass. Yeah, for sure. Which I guess technically by extension means Xbox. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, really looking at it, and this was also the first year I was really uh, more in tune with Nintendo. So see, hearing some of the people hyping up Nintendo going into it, oh, uh, you sweet summer child, bless your heart. <laughs> Indeed. And I mean, you know, like I said at the beginning, Nintendo was fine. This was basically a direct, like any other direct that they do, but, uh, you know, that's, if you expected more from them, that's on you. So, we, uh, I, I went on Discord and asked, like I did an at everyone, asking for E3 thoughts, uh, today, and then I also went on my, my tabletop Discord and did the same thing. Um, so I will very quickly summarize... The biggest majority, both from my tabletop Discord and then what we got on oh, this one. Oh, that was this was, week? Which, uh, yeah, it was along the lines of like, oh, E3 was this week. Huh. Uh, Ghost Shark in our Discord said that, and then it got four thumbs up. Granted, one of them was mine, but still. Uh, and then that came from four separate people in my tabletop Discord said something along those lines. Uh, uh, from Phil. Yeah. I think he's excited. For the uh, Avatar game I mentioned, about it. yeah, and then my response, while I didn't mean excite you in a sexual way, given the way that I interact with everyone on a regular basis, it's fair that it was taken that way in the chat, and then I got some GIF responses of like, "Oh my god!" So um, Phil also thought the Outer Worlds two trailer was amusing. Uh, which, yes, uh, it, it Here's was. someone that I'm not familiar with, uh, Z- uh, Zilzokin? Uh, Zilzokin. Yeah. Uh, she's one of Kyle's friends. I feel um, so sorry for her. <laughs> I've spoken with her a couple of times. Uh, I can't remember if she was the one when we played Civ Six a long time ago that she got mad at me that I, my religion, the sex perverts, took over her, uh, like, became the dominant religion of her country. I think that was her. Uh... I, I know you guys asked for thoughts on E3, so I figured I'd share that. I just watched the Bankai Namco stream, and it may have been the one of the worst uh, E3 presentation by having a 10-minute presentation on a single game and not even showing a new trailer of it. <laughs> right? Yeah, I didn't watch the Bandai Namco one. What uh, was that one? Uh, It was Bankai Namco. Bandai Namco E3 2021 I've heard that and Gearbox were, were both terrible. I just steered clear of them. I, I pretty much are there any timestamps? Where's the YouTubers that put the timestamps in? I don't know, but I, whoever put it on the PC Gaming Show, thank you. Yeah, those guys are the real MVP of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, where is it? Nintendo Direct Post Show. No. Yeah, Cube just went, ugh. 
Here we go. Is this it? All right. The Dark Pictures Anthology. Oh, shit. I've heard about this game, how it's supposed to be, like, very racist. Oh, boy. It's like a, a horror game uh, set in during, like, the time of the Iraq War. Oh, boy. Uh, this uh, U.S. Marine squad is searching for weapons of mass destruction, and they fall into like an uh, into a hole that leads to an ancient cursed temple. Mm-hmm. Because of course it does. Video games. Yeah, it looks like that's the only thing they uh, covered. Yeah, it's it's it doesn't seem like a very good game, and there was yeah, yeah, I don't see any new information here. Uh, oh well, uh, I just found uh, a rundown of the award showcase, so I'm just gonna go down uh, real quick. Uh, most anticipated uh, Gearbox software game, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Essentially, uh, the best DLC for Borderlands 2, only a game. Uh, most anticipated uh, Xbox Bethesda, uh, Halo Infinite. Big shock there, right? Yep. Uh, most anticipated Square Enix game, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. That uh, that popped up in, I think it was the Nintendo Direct, and it didn't look bad, but it's also a Marvel game. And uh, after Avengers, I'm just steering clear. I mean that's an expansion to the Marvel of Ave- Marvel to the Marvel Avengers uh, live service whatever or like an expansion uh, they, they or didn't a even, shoot off they, or they something. They didn't even cover what it was. It's just hey, this is a thing, and didn't say yeah. Yeah, no, I saw that in like a news article after the fact. Uh, let's see, most anticipated uh, PC gaming show: Songs of Conquest. One we didn't even talk about, right? Yep. Uh, let's see what that one is real quick because that should have a Steam page or something, right? Uh, it's yeah, another it city builder. Okay. There, there's a lot of city town builders coming up. This one looks like it's like Age of Empires 1 uh, graphics. Okay, so... Or, no, this is the Heroes of Might and Magic. Uh, uh, I was going to say, selector. yeah, this is the one that looks like Heroes of Might and Magic. Uh, well, the first screenshot made it look like a city builder at first. I completely forgot about that one. Uh, most anticipated game from the future game show, Immortality. Don't recall that one at all. <laughs> it goes right. Yep. And that's another one of those that it's a terrible, terrible name. You try to Google it and it just comes up with everything. Most anticipated in television game, Asteroids. <laughs> what was this? 1981? <laughs> uh, yeah. Most anticipated Probably. indie game, uh, uh, fa- uh, Falling Frontier. Uh, most anticipated game from, a, uh, from Freedom Games, uh, Airborne Kingdom. Most anticipated Capcom game. The Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. Most att- uh, anticipated Nintendo game, Breath of the Wild 2. There's a shocker. Uh, most anticipated uh, Yokoria Studio game, uh, Loop Mancer. Best, pre- best presentation, Xbox Bethesda. Most anticipated game overall, Forza Horizon 5. So, right? Yep. I mean, so we. I mean, a lot of those were pretty much the uh, one shining spot of uh, a bad presentation. And a lot of it was also presentations that we didn't cover because we we kind of stuck with what we had in the previous years. Now, honestly, if Ubisoft doesn't pick it up in the ne- next year, I would say we just drop them. Fuck them. Fuck Ubisoft. I, so we had we had a couple other community comment inputs that we we didn't get to because Jim responded, but he posted it in the submission slash su- suggestion thread. Uh. Uh, and he he uh, highlighted Tiny Tina's Wonderland as well. He said there were some games they shot off that looked interesting. Tiny Tina's Wonderland, Witchery Academy, yeah, it's... Tina Bridge of Spirits, Icarus, Slime Rancher Two, and Pico or Peco. Yeah, uh, Tiny Tina's is uh, 
it's actually an interesting one because it's the you know that one expansion or one DLC. Uh, Butchery Academy, I think, is on Steam and released already. Slime Rancher Two, we talked about. I don't recognize a couple of these those though. So that, that's always a good sign, though, right? Yeah, you know, it's always fun to you know, find something uh, different. Witchery Academy. Yeah, is this the one about lesbian witch girls? But like, not like a not a porn game. But no, it's not that. Anyways, I I, I realized I would have to clarify <laughs> lesbian witch girls, but not porn. Uh, Witchery Academy uh, is Life Simulator Reliving the Adventures of a Wizard Apprentice. Wow, much better than the wizard game made by the turf. J.K. Rowling, fuck her. Not literally. She doesn't need to have any children and spread her horrible worldviews. Oh boy. <laughs> it's kind of uh, funny just how uh, that's gone down, huh? Uh, yeah. Icarus First uh, uh, Cohort. Uh, a session-based PvE survival game for up to eight players in co-op or solo. Uh, explore a savage alien wilderness in the aftermath of a terrifi- uh, uh, terraforming gone wrong. Survive long enough to mine exotic matter, then return to orbit to craft more Vans tech. Uh, beat your uh, deadline or, uh, leave, uh, or be left behind forever. So, survival plus ticking clock. And kind of randomization as well. Oh, shit. I forgot about this game. I remembered saying, like, oh, that looks like... um. Ah, oh, damn it. Oh, I can't think of the name. I, Space Engineers is what's in my mind, but this is not Space Engineers. It's the one with, like, Fix It, and it's a, like, first-person factorial. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about, but... Oh, my gosh. I'll I'll think of it later when it doesn't matter uh, Are you talking I'm looking like at my library. Yes! Thank you! Satisfactory. Kind of like Satisfactory is what the the art style and, and stuff reminds me of. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I could very much be into a game like this. Could, could pre-order it. Not going to, but could. Offer uh, releases August 12th. Coming August 12th. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking at the other one on here. Uh, 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 Picro. Blend tea and friendship in a uh, flavorful world of Picory. A cozy cat-filled tea-making simulator about taking the time for self-care <laughs> and connecting with what makes you happy. Build relationships, upgrade your tea house, and discover new recipes as you work towards creating a place you could call home. Oh, Jim put this on his wish list. It looks so cute. Oh, my God. Not what I would expect I, I Jim s- to play, honestly. Jim loves cats. Jim Jim loves loves cats. No wonder he debated the cat tax. <laughs> oh, I, I have someone that I'm going to share this with. Uh, oh, speaking of cats, uh, right now, uh, since uh, we get both th- got the uh, that newest big bundle from HIO, it has Calico in it. Yeah, I already had Calico. Yeah, but I didn't. <laughs> so that makes it game. Cl- that makes it game club fodder. Oh my god, Calico next game club, decreed. <laughs> oh, yeah, I just sent this to uh, to a friend who I think would love it. It's not Lexi, although she might like it too. But I've already sent her two game recommendations, uh, and she's she's busy working on my commission. So, another day. Uh, sent this to my friend Izzy. I think she'll get a kick out of it. Too bad it's not out right now. I'd fucking buy this in a heartbeat if it was available right now. Something cute and wholesome. Yeah, Pico. And then uh, my my friend one one friend from my tabletop group uh, is a. a 
called himself a lifelong Nintendo fanboy, and he said he was looking forward to Metro Dread and Zelda Breath of the Wild too. So, thanks to everyone for your input uh, on Discord. We appreciate it. I was happy to see some a couple a couple of people were excited about things uh-huh. instead of just being full of piss and vinegar like we were. I mean, are. I mean, there were things I was looking forward to, but right. Yeah. Sometimes I wish it was a normie. That way I could just be excited over the things that look cool. Instead of being like, oh, that looks neat. Too bad the industry is full of bullshit. You know, everything I ever like is tainted by by my knowledge. Makes it hard to enjoy things sometimes. And you're welcome. Yes, thank you. Lemon cake? What is this? It's on your wish list. It probably came up on Game Club and I've forgotten it. Or Discovery Cube. Or not Game Club. Discovery Cube, yes, thank you. Lemon cake. It looks very cute. Restore an abandoned bankery. Bankery? Bakery. And prepare pastries. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally not up my alley, right? <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh. All right. I that uh, yeah, that does it for us on our 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 coverage question mark of E three twenty twenty one. Um, it is one fifteen. I. Yeah, this oh, one. This I'm one running on. out of steam. I, I wasn't expecting this to go that long. Me either. Shorter though than some of our previous E3 episodes. We had some chonkers that were over four hours, even when they were edited down. This one, we got started late, so we've only been recording for three hours. That'll get cut down to probably two forty, two forty-five between silences and the little break that we that, that we had there in the middle. Maybe even less. Okay, so, so. the coffee uh, uh, caused me to have to step away for a moment. Well, you know, when you gotta go, you gotta go. But, uh, yeah. Uh, hey, Rage, why don't you, uh, hit them with them their socials? Oh, I've been Caffeine Rage. You can find me on Twitter, GameWearCR. You can be my friend on Steam, Caffeine Rage. And you've been? Gaming Psychologist. You can find me on the YouTubes by searching for that. You can find me on Twitter at JMA4707. Or you can be my friend on Steam by sending a friend request to Jarth at 4707. Yeah, not going to bother with the password again this week. Uh, Luckpicking lawyer can still be disappointed, but he would get in anyway. <laughs> he would. No matter what we set our password to be, he would still get in. Especially since we broadcast it, but uh, wish me luck uh, tomorrow. Or maybe the day after, depending on how tired I am after all this nonsense. It also depends on yeah. Uh, yeah, when uh, my alarm clock uh, goes off, the four-legged one. Uh, damn cat. Uh, speaking of damn cats, if you was to comment and uh, demand the cat tax, you could do so at vglpodcast at gmail.com. Send your letters, voicemails, game-related topics, uh, comment about E3. What were you excited about if you didn't get in the Discord? Or you could tweet us vglpodcast on the Twitter or drop by the Discord, which you can find over at vglpodcast.podbean.com, which also hosts the show notes, which will hopefully have timestamps so you could dart around this, hopefully. <laughs> Question mark? Yep. Uh, our lovely, lovely patrons have made this madness possible. You can find out more at patreon.com slash podcast. Our intro and outro music might be on the ground. It might be something else. Uh, depends on if Jared uh, remembers to swap it out for this time around. Probably not. You can find his work over at... Uh, 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 our intro music might be on the ground by Kevin McLeod. It might not be. It might be something <laughs> else uh, by him. You find most of his work over at Incomputech.com and... As always, as I'm getting punched drunk uh, from uh, lack of sleep. Yeah, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice. 
Bye-bye now. Uh, see you next time. Bye-bye.